Hello everyone, just want to get this out of the way before we really get started with the podcast. We didn't know it uh, when we started off the podcast, but by the time we got to the Undisputed title match on the show, I realised we'd been going for quite a while and the rumble hadn't happened, plus it was getting late at night on the day we were recording it. So once again, much like the last rumble we recorded a review of, we had to split this into two parts. We're <laughs> trying not to do this and... Next time we do a rumble, because I know we will do one again in the future, and indeed all future retro pay-per-view reviews, uh, well, maybe with some exceptions, depends on what's happening or how much there is on the show to talk about. We're going to try and not make this too regular occurrence, but uh, yes. So sorry to deny you the ending part of this podcast. We'll be back with a rumble. The rumble. There's a lot of good discussions about the rumble. That rumble part has already been recorded, so hopefully you guys stay tuned for that. All great analysis there, and... You know, we, re- we break down why it's such a really underrated uh, Rumble match. So, enjoy our little talk of the undercard. There's some good stuff to find here. Enjoy the show. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here, joined as always by my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, I, I double hello Yes, yes you do. You do that quite often actually. Hello. There you go. Trifecta of positivity. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're here for a classic, you know, pay-per-view or from the vault series that we do. Hell sometimes. yeah. Uh, do you have the tape of this one? Is this one you have the tape? Yes, I do. <laughs> I I have every one of these from... What was the one with the warrior on the front of it? I don't fucking know what tape covers look like. In, in, when was the first one? 88. Well, I have everything from 89 mm-hmm. up until 02. <laughs> See, you, only have, you only have a small handful of ones from like... Two oh one oh two. So that's why I wasn't sure if you had this. Oh one. no, I have this one. This one is in my. This one is in my list of favourites of the classic pay per views. Well, there you go. Okay, uh, it's our front of the vault. look at classic pay per view. I know the rumble is past. It's February by the time you're listening to this. But you know, fuck it. We'll, we'll why watch a, a Royal Rumble and talk about it. I mean, yeah, fuck it. Our 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 you know timeline makes about as much sense as the Royal Rumble at times. Yeah. Whatever you can just change the rules on what constitutes a proper elimination or if you're still in yeah. the match or not. A, a prime example of that would be Royal Rumble 1992, I believe. Yes. When uh, Randy Savage eliminated Jake Roberts and then threw himself over the top rope like a mad bastard. Yes. And then he went back in the Rumble mm-hmm. and hit a few people and then the referees went, nah prick, you jumped over the rope, you eliminated yourself. Aye. Get out. <laughs> and that was that. And then we had the year after that where he, you know, dropped the elbow on Yoko and then tried to pin him. 
Yes. You know? I don't know what was dumber. His elimination in that rumble. Mm-hmm. Or R-Truth going for a ladder in the rumble. Well, that was funny. That was meant to be funny. This yeah. one just made Macho like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I think it was maybe a case of like Yoko properly powers him over, but he, he was so naffy, he was lying down, he couldn't get through. And Magic had to jump onto his feet and then flip himself yeah, over. Yeah, he, he, he jumped up and went, Oh, I'm out. It's like when Rodney and Only Fun Horses had to describe how his Uncle Albert fell down the hole. How do you fall? He just kind of he just dumps full sideways, like. <laughs> you won't get that in a visual one, but just imagine that clip if you know it. And he just, yeah. goes, he just throws himself to the side, like he just went. Imagine, for example, any Celtic player trying to get a penalty or a, or a more righteous and blue-wearing player sent off the park unjustly. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm not showing my loyalties. No, 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 no. Stupid Celtic. Well, we've, we've covered a few different kind of rumbles in the past. We've talked about uh, 1992, twice, mm. 1993. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason for that we talked about 92 because it was a famous rumble, but then we did a series of, uh, a lot of the events led into 92, yeah, so yeah. we did a revisit of 92. But no, we talked about 92. Twice. <laughs> We've done 93 and 90. F- no, we just, I was going to say we've done 94. We haven't, we, done, 94. We haven't done 94. I'm, I'm actually I don't know happy why we I, haven't. I, don't, I wonder why I was going to say we had. Uh, we've done 93, we've done uh, 97. Have we done 95? No, we've not done 95. We have done 2001. And... I want to say we maybe talked about Isle of Rumble. I mean, we talked about rumbles that were current to that time. Yeah, we so have. Like, we've current... talked about the rumbles, but we've not done specific episodes on the rumbles. I yeah. believe. I believe. Yeah, I believe other, rumbles... other than the examples I mentioned, I'm sure there are yeah. other rumbles that we've talked about reviewing. Maybe. We we would probably need to review our back catalogue just to know. Yes, yes we, <laughs> we have done. We have done a lot of shows. I mean, we've covered to the one, and eventually on our SmackDown show here on our Rogue Opinions. We will eventually get back to two thousand and one. The that were all, but we were looking at it in the context of the. And we we will eventually on the rogue opinions be looking at the SummerSlam. Yes, which I'm I'm looking forward to yeah. because some, that gives me an excuse to watch it. And at some point, given <coughs> our current pace of episodes, and next some point in the next five years on the Rogue Retro Smackdown, we'll be reviewing this again as well. Yeah, yeah, it's all fun. You know, to be fresh all over again. Yeah, but yeah. Hey. Well, this rumble is so good, it warrants two shows. <laughs> so, there you go. So, yeah, Rumble 2002, uh, 21. A full, a full legal drinking age in America old, this pay-per-view. Yeah. No. I, I, I would, 2002, I would have been 19, something like that. Yeah. No, wait, no. I'd have been 18, I think. Well, I was well, I was five in January of '02. I was later in the year. I turned six. So if you're twelve or so years older than me, so seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. You're like twelve years older. So you would have been seventeen, maybe. Yeah. Well, I've been seventeen because my birthday's not until October, and the wrong yeah, in January. So, yeah, so your, your birthday's a month after mine. In terms of months, not. In, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I'd have been seventeen then. Yes. Well, there you go. Maths is fun, isn't it, kids? Maths is fun. <laughs> yeah. Trigonometry and geometry and all that fish. Not so much unless you want to be a physicist. I mean, and I think it's a, a good time to actually do this pay-per-view because the Rumble match itself, I think there are some parallels to now because a lot of people say that, you know, Triple H, who wins this Rumble, spoilers, who won this Rumble <laughs> is now the man in control and also the most recent Royal Rumble. It's the first one under his creative control 
And a lot of people do see that the story of Cody's return from injury is pretty much Triple H retelling his own return from injury storyline. But I, I heard tell through the grapevine of YouTube, you know, <laughs> meaning that this Rumble was probably the biggest selling Rumble for ages. For a while, while, eh? Yeah. Despite the fact that the years after this, even though everyone loves the Rumble, all three or four, particularly because of the brand split, and some people not liking Vince Grayson, that's when guys like Austin and Rock, who we see on the preview, take a step back. Yeah. Business will suffer, but for now into the routines, things are still a bit good. I will say that my namesake is doing fine business in the in the <laughs> world of WWE at the moment. Oh yeah, well this well this current most recent rumble I can't remember the exact figures, but this most recent rumble was very profitable, like yeah. one of the more recent more successful ones. I mean, apparently when under him mostly a big thing he pushed whatever was clash at the castle and everything. Supposedly, it's like the eighth most successful from a financial perspective, like show I think they've ever done. Like, so Galaxy Castle is more successful financially than a lot of WrestleManias. Yeah, that's look, a, that's a mad thing to think about. Look, we're under a certain naughty old man's tutelage. <laughs> naughty, yeah. naughty, balding, wig wearing old man. There's also a big parallel is that in this one and Cody, he's going after a champion who is an undisputed champion with two belts, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting. We actually mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. There you go, there's a lot of things about also, all the interest and the parallels. It's just also something yeah, I, yeah. I noticed parallels. Maybe this is unintentional, maybe it's me that you think about it, but you notice also the men and female Royal Rumbles they booked under Triple H. I feel, I feel like the endings of both Royal Rumbles are Triple H paralleling something that like his good friend Shawn Michaels has done in Rumbles. In the yeah, past. yeah. So, in that, you had Gunther and uh, Cody having a mini match before the number 30 entrant, Cody in this case. Winning the Rumble, similar to Sean and Taker having a big wee mini match in 07 for like a good five minutes before Taker, number 30, won the match. the Rumble, yeah. And then Shawn Michaels obviously was one from number one, the first man to do so. And one in a similar way to Rhea. In that he, both he and her, eliminated, the final person he eliminated was the person who was number two. So the first two and the last two were the same people. Yeah. Although Ripley's was much longer and had more star power than the 85 yeah. Rumble. And let, I know we're talking about the Rumble. Yeah. O2 just now, but can yeah. I just say one thing about this year's Rumble? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to go on to that, but... I know people call her Asuka, but yes. Kana. Mm-hmm. That was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew something was different about her, but she came out with a lion mask and shit, yeah. and she was like, and then she took the fucking mask off, and I was like, it's Kana. <laughs> that is fucking cool. You I, know. Don't, I don't know why I looked down like, oh, look. Asuka's become the Joker from the Joaquin Phoenix films. Oh, no, I know. Like, I was most stoked, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I was most stoked. I think, cool. I think they've remixed their song because, honestly, the person, people who made that original music don't work with them anymore, so yeah, also yeah. they go to their team. Which, which is weird because it wasn't until they do, like, they do a wide shot and they do that like kind of CGI like math graphic they do. For some wrestlers, like in the ones with all yeah. our math, it wasn't until they cut to that white shot that I knew who it fucking was because I didn't recognise the music. But, music, obviously, if you're in the venue, it'll show the the Titan Tron in the yeah, video thing, yeah. so you'll know instantly. So people are popping. I'm like, I'm thinking, is this someone new? Is this someone debuting? <laughs> like, oh fuck, it's Asuka. Yeah. Oh, it was cool, man. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got to say now, on a personal level, yeah. If that fucking old soccer more. <laughs> Who got her ass grabbed by a man? You know, Beth. Mm-hmm. Aye. If that old soccer mall gets in the way of my fucking girl Rhea winning her damn title, mm-hmm. I'm going to find her and I'm going to kick her ass for her. 
And I'll uh, kick that prick's arse too for just being an old prick. I think I think it's just this. Maybe they'll have a thing, but it's just, it'll be a stopgap on the way to Mania. That's all right, then. Yeah. Cause you mind your business, old soccer mo, and stay out of Rio's Road, because real bad. You know, I think there's, it's just a big part of the Edge versus Judgment Day thing, when, and after that, we all go off to... All I, I, I feel about that thing is that Edge isn't going to be the one coming out positively in that. I think he's got... I think... I think, I think he will. I don't think he will. Well, I think he will. I don't think he will. Well, fuck it. Well, well he's already lost to Finn, so maybe he's going to come back and win against Finn. It's probably going to happen. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You fucking wait and see what's going to happen. I tell okay. you, Mania, Mania is going to be Rhea doing her own thing for the title. Finn versus Edge. Probably Domi V, Ray, and Priest will also be there somehow. Damien Priest will help them both. Dominic will win. Finn will not, I'm, I'm telling you now. Finn will be the only one in Judgment Day who doesn't win his match at WrestleMania. You can you can say I was wrong, and you know I wouldn't care if I was wrong, but I'm telling you now. That's what's okay, okay, I'll make a deal with you, Lynn. I'll make a deal with you. If you're right, <laughs> and I, I will shake on this, no, can, okay. no fingers crossed, right. if, if you're right, I will buy you a four-pack of cider. Fair. If I am right, mm -hmm. you will buy me one can of Blue Four Loco. Cool. Weirdly enough, they, they work the same out financially. Yeah, yeah. Poor local is weird. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Because you're not wrong. I mean, what is it for four cans of cider? It's like... Well, it depends. If you want the regular ones, it's near fiber, where there's like a quid or so extra, depending on the shop, if you want the paint yeah, ones. Yeah, but I mean, the paint ones about six quid, say, roughly, yeah. about for four cans, and about five quid. Or, for... or if you go to some newsy, they'll try you seven for the fucking paint cans. The Jesus... Is that him up there? I think I, I think it may be him around there or somewhere somewhere relative near this area. I don't know if it's that. I, I've that got to say, my local shop, the man is a bit of a thief. <laughs> because, and I, I speak as a tobacco smoker, mm -hmm. and you know this because you know your your daddy is a smoker, yeah. right? He's a cigarette smoker, yes. although he's, he's not a tobacco smoker. Me, myself, I can go to the hard gate, which is mm -hmm. local to me. And I can buy my 30 gram of tobacco for around about £14 uh -huh. something. And his shop, he charges nearly £17 for tobacco. He's a very, very stiff man. He's not an unpleasant man. He's, he's a nice man. He's good to shoot with shit with. Mm -hmm. But he gouges you like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a, he's a gouging fucker. But then again, a lot of paper shops are like that. Just the way of your, you know, your your local shop keeps, you know. Yeah, local shop keeps like they gouge the fuck right out of you. Mm -hmm. Regardless if you're solid with them or no, I'm like, nah, I'm making a buck, man. Fuck you. So yeah, there you go. I bet it's been made a gentleman's agreement. Yes, I will have one can of four local, and I will change not the go not the blue one, the golden one. Okay. Because if I'm right, uh -huh. oh, I need the gold. Uh, I, I, I remember seeing people joking caption this, but I couldn't think of anything funny at the time. It's the it's a, it's a screenshot of Edge running behind Finn and that <coughs> looking at his big scary like face, and Finn just running like that, looking going looking behind him like, oh shit! Like, oh no, there's an old scary man chasing me. <laughs> what does Very he much. want? <laughs> what do you want, old scary man? Finn taking a lot Python approach. Run away! Run away! Old woman! Man! Man, man sorry. I'm 47. I'm 47, I'm not old. Can't just call you man. You could have you said Adam. 
Didn't know you were called, Adam. You didn't bother find out, did you? I am the, I am the, I'm Finn Balor. I'm the prince. I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for princes. Uh, how how did you become prince then? Get help, don't flick chair. Help, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> you see what he did to me? You see him? <laughs> you see him? Yeah, there must be some rare rumble, I mean. It's <laughs> a, a mixed bag in terms of like people's reaction to it, and that, you know. Yeah. It wasn't. A, a, some surprises weren't what people thought they were, but again, and there were people in it, as there are in all rumbles where, like, you know, so and so is not going to win it. They're just there for somebody. There were points in this rumble where you can tell, like, like before Brock came in or before some other bigger guys came in, because they had quite a lot of big yeah, guys yeah. in this, where, like, and you see it in classic rumbles where there's a point where. Guys are just put in there so the ring can fill up for someone big to then to come in and start yeah. people out again. Yeah, I've got to say though, on the on the strength of WWE at the moment. Yes. If that big baldy <laughs> fucking bobag Strowman yeah. and his wee baldy pal <laughs> get any traction, does this fucking tag carry on? <sighs> I, I, this is I hate them. This is just basically Braun getting WWE. Taking the piss out of Braun because he t- made fun of flipping wrestlers, flip flop wrestlers as he called them. Like, All right, then we're going to team you with one. <sighs> Braun's a wanker. But they're not getting anywhere near those tag belts. They like, fucking better. It's going to be Sammy and Kevin. We all know. I'd take Sammy and Kevin. I would take Imperium. I would take Academy. Wait. Fucking hell, I would take Damien and fucking fi- uh, Finn. And Finn. Oh, yeah. Damien, and Finn, and uh, Dominic, and then the free, the free, and Rhea, then the Freebird role. Uh huh. <laughs> Because we know Rhea's eventually, once Gunther mm-hmm. loses it to somebody, Rhea's going to want it. You know, I wonder, I'm wondering what's going to happen with it when with Sammy and Kevin. I wonder if they're going to do a, a story of, like, they finally split the belt of a baby face, and, like, get defending against the wall from across one SmackDown, and eventually they're defending just single belts, that mm. eventually a heel team will take them. Because I would actually like to see the Judgment Day doing a freeboard kind of thing. I would like to see Imperium gain some traction, too. Yeah. I, really, I really dig... Yeah. Uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah, they were two time NXT tag team champions, mm. so I did say to Brian though, mm. and this this is nothing on Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser, right? Yeah. I swear to God, though, you know the old Nazi movies? Mm-hmm. See if you were to put him in a commandant's uniform, <laughs> he I, would sell that shit. I mean, it's a combed over hair, this guy stands in, yeah, he's like his surname in this is Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, but he'd be like, uh, like, like the guy in the commandant's SS uniform going, Joe! <laughs> He's basically the guy in that sketch with Robert, uh, Robert Carlyle in the fat. Give me the gods yeah. and Joe will die. Never! <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to slap him, you yeah. I think you made an arse out, Robin. <laughs> I, was, I did find it a bit funny, you know, we think allusion uh, to World War Two, like these, like an Austrian, a German, and an Italian all get together. When has that ever happened? I would love to see Woodward Kaiser wearing a monocle. <laughs> so, we meet again. <laughs> the situation will be very, very bad for you. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be a great actor, that guy in, in old war movies. <laughs> Look, like, must, must be a, he must be a Nazi commandant. He looks like one. Yeah. How do you know she is a witch? She looks like one. I'm not. I'm not a Nazi. I'm not. You're dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. <laughs> this isn't my monocle. It's a false one. 
Well, we talk some fish. <laughs> but it's it's good and light-hearted, and the thing we like on this show, it's fun. But go back to the remote. I think I think we play a bit. Current water, when no, we're talking about no, no, current water. I'll go yeah. back to it. Uh, but uh, I think that last year's Rumble, where people were talking about how bad it was, I think, again, it was a case of the men's <coughs> especially felt like a lot of the stories you were seeing on TV didn't factor into the actual Rumble itself. Yeah, in the case yeah. of everyone were just waiting until 30, so Rock could throw some people out. Whereas here, well, you, may, you only had a couple of surprises, maybe they weren't the most shocking in some people's eyes. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, and I'm, just, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, engaging a lot of reactions online. Yeah, to yeah. This, but you are getting a lot of continuations with stories to this, which will ultimately give you an idea. You look, cause I looked several times, think that could be a thing at WrestleMania, that could be a thing at WrestleMania. Like, finally, Do- Ray moved to SmackDown to get away from Dom, but what happens? Dom's right after him in the Rumble, and by all accounts, he's taken Ray out before the... Yeah, and made a feeble attempt to rip his mask. <laughs> I'm wondering if that'll be a thing. Maybe, like, all people are saying that it's going to be, like, either Rhea and Finn, you know, I think it should be Rhea and Dom, Taking on Edge, Edge and Beth at the chamber. Yeah. Let's get a I think I think they should try and do a Finn Dom Rhea versus Ray, Ray Edge and Beth six. Yeah, because Ray and Edge were former tag champs. Yeah, they? and also they teamed before Clash Castle, and that's when Dom turned on him. Yeah, yeah. And I think this would be a case of like the lead up to that is Edge finally convincing Ray, like, listen, the only way this is going to end if you fucking put an end to this, like, oh. teach that little kind of lesson, basically. You know, Things can change up yeah. until Mania, so you could be right. Because, like, supposedly they've been trying to do this even since last, before last year's Mania, where Ray in real life has been reluctant to do a storyline with his with his son. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but... I was reading as well, apparently uh, Vicky Guerrero's personal draws about him getting compared to Eddie. But, I don't know, know if that's, like, legit dislike, maybe, or maybe it's... Hmm. You know? Maybe she's just basically doesn't want that pressure put on him to be compared to someone like like Eddie but you know it's hard not to because you like you look at him he looks like him he's uh, looking he really, more and more and more like really him every day he does look like Latino heater I yeah. well like I say he's lucky that he's in the ring with a more competent female powerhouse yeah and nothing against no shade on China she was yeah. awesome two time IC champ for fuck's sake yeah what people forget that she was two time yes but, you know, mm-hmm. he's got, like, quite frankly, one of the best mm-hmm. female wrestlers in the fucking WWE at the moment. Mm-hmm. Sad she doesn't have a title, oh, but she you, will have soon. Apparently she's got an old soccer injury which came out of play during the Rumble, apparently. Her knee sometimes just dislocates and she just has to pop it back in. Yeah, And I did it during the Rumble, she just, like... And she got her nose busted up at one point. <laughs> Like I say, she is fucking hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like you she, see, you see that certain champion who got a wee slap in the cheek and she had to get carried out. Yeah, that one. Aye, huh? Wee slap in the gub and she had to get carried out. Oh well, three of the two matches between Rumbles. Honestly, I was I was watching it with friends. You know, where my friends is, we're groupies, which is which is nice for the kind of pay-per-views. Honestly, I I didn't pay attention to either of them. No. No. Did, were you not a fan of the pitch black? No, it just looked like some sort of rave with a big glow in the dark thing. Like, and while I thought the mask was cool, and like the visual of the fire with the puppets and the, the live action puppets in the background was a bit cool. Yeah, well. I don't know how this furthers the story of Uncle Howdy because one minute's like, as they point out, I'm not Uncle Howdy, or I am Uncle Howdy. Or I don't know who Uncle Howdy is, but you do know who Uncle Howdy is. 
I mean, I'm, I've been I've been a big defender of this very thing, but I just don't know how this progresses it. And plus, well, one thing I don't like about uh, some matches sometimes is when you see, get you have you tell a story between two wrestlers and you get a match that doesn't feel like it's the story's factored into it at all. And that's what I felt like the Royal Women's Title match was like. It was a short match because like that Pouch Black only went five minutes. The women's match went seven. And so I think it was a case of like they just wanted to get through them before the next rumble. Yeah. And so Alexa and Bianca, I feel, are both capable of more more than this. Where basically they just had to go through a quick match. Oh, one of them is. Make it before, because also they knew Alexa wasn't going to win the title. Yeah. And it was good to just get them out. And then they showed the exact same creepy face they've shown a week or so ago. Mm. And so neither storyline for Bray or Alexa really feel like they've I think, I moved think, any further. Um, I think honestly, and I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I really do get that. Like, I have a feeling that see if you're not yeah already a hundred percent invested in these mm-hmm. people, you won't get it. Yeah, and I I feel like that. what else I know you're a fan of Brian. Yeah, you're yeah. not. You're not obsessed <laughs> like a lot of Brian's really? fans are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Braves fans would say, much like I say, you, you just don't get it, man. <laughs> you do you do not understand the nuances of it and all that shit. I don't know what the nuances are supposed to be. I've defended it all up until this point, but like, I like the new mask. That's cool. What is the, the new ma- mask record? The match was cool. I just think the only criticism I had of the match is that it should have been longer. It was Like you say, it was five minutes, mm-hmm. you know? LA Knight did majority of the, the work. The majority of the offense in that yeah. match. But also, Bray's been wearing a knee brace since he came back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still nig- got a niggling injury or anything. Like, maybe maybe he did what Bailey done. Maybe he hurt himself, you know, working out or training. Yeah. Something, I don't know. But, no, I. I think a lot of wrestling fans in the modern era, right, especially with social media, blah, 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 I think a lot of wrestling fans expect to pay off just yeah. like that. And all I would say is, a, and I know I am a little biased on this because I fucking love Bray. Uh-huh. I would bow it like my feet, the guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. I would say have a little fucking patience. Um, I get that, you know, and I'm not. I'm not saying that specifically yeah, yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. I'm just saying in general for all these people shitting on the match and shitting on him specifically. I'm like, have some fucking patience. I, just, I wasn't expecting for like any court combination. I think anything close to that is not going to come till Mania. But I think that I was hoping for something that would give even a little bit more of a clarification of some aspects of the story, which then we can. We can, we can tell you until like, we like the thing, well, let's go and we'll invest in that in the weeks following. But, like, again, Bray's denied association with Howdy for so long, and then Howdy just he stands there while Howdy does a, a dive. But what did he what did he say before the Rumble? Yeah. In the Firefly Funhouse segment, mm-hmm. he's like, You opened the door, and people were like, Was he talking to LA Knight? Mm-hmm. Was he talking to Uncle Howdy? You know? Uh huh. And, and, sure. and then you get the thing. Where Uncle Howdy actually physically interacts, you know what yeah. I mean, and gets gets in. And then you've got the puppets. I mean, this is this is something a lot of modern wrestling fans, and this is just a personal opinion, right? But as I see it, this is something a lot of modern wrestling fans just don't have the patience for. I mean, you look, you look at um, 
classic examples, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Ministry Taker era. Mm-hmm. Lots of slow build, lots of intrigue. You weren't really sure what was going down. Eventually, it came out, and there was a big story behind it. Mm-hmm. You look at Early Taker with his whole thing with uh, Jake Jake Roberts. You know uh-huh. when he when he turned face. You know lots of slow intrigue, lots of mental shit. Mm-hmm. But it was slow and it built, and it might not have led to anything with Jake Roberts or whatever, but it did build the character. Uh-huh. And that's why I say like, a lot of modern fans just do not have the patience to wait for the payoff. I I have mm-hmm. I have undoubted faith in, in Wyndham Rotunda. I think the man has the be- one of the best wrestling minds mm-hmm. in the modern era. Mm-hmm quite frankly. Plus, he comes from quite a wrestling dynasty, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got him, looking at it, him, Cody, Roman, really Cody's intro is right, wrestling has more than one royal family. Yeah, but look, look at look at Bray's family, you know, you've got him, you've got his brother, you've got his daddy, you've got his uncles, uh-huh. his granddaddy, <laughs> you know, what a fucking lineage that guy's got, you know. And I'll bet you, mm-hmm. if he was allowed to, mm-hmm. And his daddy was into it. I yeah. bet he would involve his whole family in this. But, thing. I mean, the big leaf is that maybe he won't be real and still to be him. But at least the person who comes in and portrays the uncle Howdy whenever he appears is Bo Dallas. Yeah, well, people believe that that's who that is. Well, according to old Slick Rick, he's he's writing Liv Morgan in it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they 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 they, they also own a farm together. So do they own a farm? Yes. Well, they have a wee farm. They have chickens at least. Oh. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, his chickens. So, so well, I don't think he's complaining about his life at the minute. But, but I, I think this rumble will be still fondly remembered. I mean, I think a big focus on this was not where it will stand among the other rumbles. A case, it's just a case of like, for a lot of people, it was very much. It didn't have to do much to be an improvement on last year's, but it definitely is a step up. And I think the even as underwhelming as I found the two matches with like the Bray match and the Bianca match is that I don't think those two will ever factor in or hinder how this is remembered. I think this oh, will be no, remembered no. purely for how good the Rumbles were and the closing of the pay-per-view. Because usually we've said before, I'm not a fan of the Rumble not closing the show. Yeah. But I mean, but I think this will be the one exception people look back on fondly because of that angle. I think so, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. Again, Rhea, I wouldn't, when she won the Rumble, everyone knew she would, but I would not expect her. If anything, her clearly winning from 30 and Rhea winning from the 1. If you had to tell, if I had to give you, because I thought those were going to be the winners, but if I had to make a guess about how it was going to go down, I would have assumed that WWE would booked it the other way around, with Rhea the heel coming in at 30 and, and Cody coming in at number one. So I just thought that was an interesting way of them, them booking it. But It really was. They still made Cody work for it, having go a man coming back from peck tear, goes up against Gunther. Who he, slaps a living shit out of his pecs. Who tries to t- turn his chest the same shade as it was when he tore his peck. It almost looked that at the end of it. Gunther made him work for that fucking I remember, win. I remember he dumped off the t- he dive off the top for like a kick or something like that, and, him and I was sitting there with my friend someone and there goes his other pick. Yeah, I must say though, I'll, the one thing I really did take away from this year's Rumble mm-hmm. And I love the fact that we've got up, we're recording for a review for Rumble 02 and we've talked very little about it well, so it's far. Well, it's Rumble-esque season, so but I have to talk about the it. The thing is, right, the, the latter portion of this year's Rumble uh-huh. gave me Impact vibes. Ah. 
which I was really impressed about. Well, I'll tell you. Of course, we all. I mean, when it comes to the dub, yes, we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, know. We, we all know what's happening. Yeah. But just the way Gunther and Cody went at it, mm-hmm. there were several points. I was sitting on the edge of the bed going, Gunther might actually take this. And I was like, what a fucking swear that would be if Cody comes back with all this pop and Gunther beats the fucker. And at one point, in my, I wasn't audible, audible, yeah. audible on it, but in my head I'm going, one Gunther beat the bastard, actually won it, IC champ, WrestleMania spot, fucking ring general. Mm-hmm. And then he lost, and then... Do you know what ended? I wasn't upset when he lost. I was like, what a fucking brawl between the two. Plus, they kept you guessing with the women's one because we had got misted right, right, as, right as she was on the apron with Liv. Liv mm, did that, that mm. code breaker list thing. Yeah. She might still eliminate Liv while not being able to bloody see a thing. Oh, I know, I know. And you know, I've seen some fucking Bossack on YouTube. I never watched it. I've just seen the fucking uh, thumbnail. The thumbnail, aye. Why is it every time I go to say thumbnail, I think I say pinwheel? <laughs> I don't know, that's your own, <laughs> your own mysteries. I know, I know. But anyway, when I seen the thumbnail of this fucksticks fucking mm-hmm. YouTube video, he's like, oh, fucking oh, Rhea, Rhea's feet touched the fucking mat. No, he fucking didn't. He. I've watched that back three fucking times. Her feet never touched that grun. She never did a Bianca Belair. Although it must have been sucked, fucked for Liv Morgan having to do that cobra or meaning her back had to land right on that metal bit of the apron. Oh yeah, they yeah, always yeah. they're always back back literally ah. into that how hard that apron is. That's hardcore, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, fucking number two entrant goes mm-hmm. the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, nearly wins. Had it not been for Asuka missing her, mm-hmm. you know, she might have. Yeah. You know, that's the way it's set up. So Liv, I think Liv came out of that rumble looking pretty fucking strong too. Plus, we got something that I was really happy about. We didn't get Dewdrop. Yeah, we got we Piper, got Piper and... Niven, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And we got Nikki Cross making a mad dash like, under, like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Charles Robinson and me at 24 just running in that very long oh, run. Right. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a great fucking rumble. It was like you taking a life or something. fucking Michelle McCool. Uh, Michelle McCool, yeah. right? Ah, yeah, Michelle yeah. McCool coming in. Uh, I thought she went and done a good a good stint for being a surprise entrant, you know what I mean? I thought she was good. She didn't, like I say, she wasn't one of these legends that comes in and frankly embarrasses herself, you know what I mean? She came in, she'd done a good shift. I still can't believe in 2018 for that rumble, she had the most eliminations, she eliminated four people and then got elim- then buggered off and like, ah. Uh, definitely no benefits to being the Undertaker's missus. <laughs> I usually wouldn't say that. It's someone, but I don't like Michelle McCool. So, uh, I I have nothing against Dor. For I just think you know she came in, she done her part. Yeah, it was cool. She was in there longer than fucking Booker was in the men's. <laughs> but Booker was in this men's one longer than he was in the one we were going to talk about. I think right. Booker was in this men's one. He get a wee bit of a wee bit of offence there, spin a Rooney and then fuck off. Do you look at the remote <laughs> entrance on like Wikipedia for like this when they brand up Ross, Matt Dune, NXT Hall of Famer for agent? Booker, no, it's not branded as Hall of Famer. Because he's an NXT as a commentator, he's branded as an NXT entrant <laughs> to the Royal Rumble. Many <laughs> many rumbles has Booker been in? Uh are you asking? No. Because his first would have been I think two thousand two would have been his first one yeah, I thought about. Oh two was his first. I'm sure he was in 03, I don't know. I know he, for a fact he was in 04, 05, 06, 07, 07 was his last. 
Well, he's lost his uh Yeah, and then came back in 2011. Sure, he didn't surprise one in 2012 as well. Mm. A while ago. And then this one, so... <laughs> you remember JBL surprise entry? Aye. Did he last longer than the King? Yes, but I think he was a very similar booking to the King. <laughs> Come take my jacket. <laughs> Alright, I'm back on commentary now. I'll take it. Fuck it, I love, I love the King's one from 97 though. Aye. Do you realise you were just in Rumble? <laughs> I'm telling you, take the King. <laughs> no, King McMahon. He, he's a jerk. <laughs> I just I love that fucking like as much as I hate Bret Hart uh, right great in-ring performer but a whiny bitch but anyhow I just I love the whole fucking sequence in that rumble like mm-hmm. he's got the sharpshooter on Austin the king jumps in he momentarily releases the sharpshooter just to hook him out uh, of the ring and then back to business again mm-hmm. He's like, he just lets go of Austin, like, nah, cunt, I'm not even going to bother with you. Smack, out you go. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he went early, you'd hear him go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and flop it again. Mm-hmm. Just like 1996, 90, when he spent about fucking 20 minutes of the rumble under the fucking thing, yeah. before Sean dragged him out by the heels, threw him in, and Fucking out you go. They're gonna throw people out of the throw like with Seth did Baron Corbin after Corbin got taken out by Lesnar. Oh, I, I heard there was heat on Lesnar uh, for some of his carry on after Lashley put I, him out. I, I suppose they hurt that, that referee threw in the crowd, he actually hurt the guy. Mm. But, mm. When he when he uh, chucked the guy over the barrier, uh, the guy hurt his ankle and the guy was supposed to raise Cody's arm at the mm. end and he couldn't. Uh, and he was he wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, he wasn't supposed to rattle the stairs off the fucking announce table. Or throw the bit of the announce table into the ring. Aye, aye, the whole but well, like everyone's like, although we knew a figure was planned, like <laughs> then didn't you think of to plan any figure out spots? So mm. nobody Because like I did what I did love was when he ran down and took out Corbin, that was a very much a shovel. You can fuck off and all. I tell you something, by the way. Uh, you know, just just personal opinion. Uh-huh. If we don't fix Corbin soon, mm-hmm. he's going to be a jobber. Yeah. I don't get this whole wrestling god crap. JBL is not helping him Mm-mm. in the slightest. Just a personal opinion. What would help him mm-hmm. is going back to the lone wolf. That, would, that character is the best character that he has ever fucking had. It's funny how he, Corbin could be the character, yet back to the age of he's one of the most well-liked guys. Aye. He's a, he's a really awesome guy, from what I've heard, but just, we need to, we need to work with him. If we really want him to have any kind of legitimacy. I mean, is he not a former Money in the Bank winner? Former Money in the Bank, US champion, very briefly, but you know. Aye, but for Money in the Bank winner, but he's one of the famous, you know, failed, failed Money in the Bank winners. We could do a whole fucking show on that. But supposedly it was a punishment him losing his money the bank the way he did because he spoke up against some supposed expert and concussions giving us talk and he, Corbin, the former NFL player, basically stood up and said like, well actually I don't think that's right because from what I've done, my I've looked into it and things like that. So basically he spoke up for himself. He and had got, an opinion. Aye. A lot of people have said that when they, when they ever got punished or branded to the floor, like, no, I got called difficult because I kept asking questions and I just do what I was told. Mm. But no, I really think, like, I mean, what age is Corbin? 40s? I don't think he's that old. I think he's oh, really 30s. 30s so. 
well, we really need to, if we really want them to have anything, mm-hmm. we really need to change that character. We really need, we, first, of, first and foremost, we need to get JBL to fuck because he's useless. It's, it's painful listening to that idiot talk at times. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, have you ever thought when you hear JBL talk, he's just verging on saying something you really shouldn't say? Yes. Yes, he is. And you're like, like, and you're thinking to yourself, Baron Corbin's still got a possibility of wrestling future. Do you really want to ruin his future by associating him with this fool? He's burgeoning on that uncle <laughs> you who comes in for Christmas and basically you tell the younger members of the family, don't repeat anything Uncle John says. Don't listen to Uncle John, he's got views that we don't agree with. Don't ask him don't ask him anything that may veer on political, don't ask him anything. Don't ask him his opinion on racial issues. Yeah. He might try to tell you anyway, but don't you be the one who implements it, otherwise I'll take it as an invitation. Aye, don't ask him his points on racial issues, female issues. Any issues. Any issues. Just buy him a drink and tell him to shut his hole. Just, just do it, Ken Bridges. Enjoy your night, mate. Enjoy your night. But no, you know the quickest way Corbin can fix himself huh. right off the bat? Mm-hmm. See if he just turned around and fucking end the days, that dick. Mm-hmm. It's weird with Jim because like, he's such an arsehole. Like it's blue behind the scenes, and then he can see. He can, like he said, he probably has. He's yeah. an asshole until somebody fucking. Aye. He, he, he always verges on saying something very wrong, where he has done in the past. Like when he got Keane in trouble for doing a goose step at a live event in Germany way back in the day. Mm. And things like that. And yet, also outside the ring when he's not there, he does all this stuff for Chai. And like. He's, like a, he's a contradiction. Aye. I hate people like that. I just. Either be a dick or be a good guy. Just don't be in both. Stop being both. Don't be a good dick or a, yeah. a sort of arsey good guy. Aye, yeah, pretty much. Well, we can't. We, you're too much of a dick to like and you're too much of a charitable cunt to hate. I know. I want to be able to understand you. <laughs> you want to take his stitches off and go fucking make up your mind, you fucking pain in the hole. <laughs> well, what last thing I'll say on this before we go on to the. Actually, to the durable is well on Gunther as well for breaking the the rumble record. Oh fuck yes! The uh, one hour, one hour ten minutes or something like that, or eleven minutes. I think it one hour limit. I think it's seventy one minutes in general. So an hour and eleven minutes. He's also broken the IC title reign record at the moment. He's the longest reigning IC champ, and like he's beat Patterson's record. As in, like, current... Yeah. Current reign. Because, uh, like, I really think he should beat Honky Tonk. Honky Tonk's reign should have ended a long time ago. What is Honky Tonk's reign? Like, 400-odd days. He's, like, the longest champion. Yeah. So, like, I think, really, like, his record should be broke. It's like, so, Ray's original record was 62 minutes, but Gunther's now got 71 minutes. Yeah. And apparently, some people argue when <coughs> this is but when Daniel Bryan came out number one for the Greatest Royal, he lasted an hour and 16 minutes. So, Gunther was, like, if he was in there for five more minutes... He'd have beaten that as well. Mm. Do you? Do you personally? I know we're we've yeah. got we're thinking to do, but do you personally see Gunther winning one of the main titles in oh, the future? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think like especially well, like, even after he's lost the IC belt, eventually when he's on the same brand as Cody, and Cody's probably one of the got one of the world belts, he and Cody are going to be. Having a, to use an old term, a barn burner. Because Cody, one of the things I didn't like about AEW was the overness of his Americanness. Like, yeah, I'm the all American, good guy, yay, all that crap. Yeah. And I like, I joked about this when when we we're watching the final two. At my friends, who's like, oh, this is the most Cody's going to win it in the most Cody way ever. 
by beating a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> the most Cody way ever. He beats a foreigner. Right, right. does he think he's Hulk Hogan? Yeah. <laughs> he's a much nicer Hogan. He'll he'll lose to people. Yeah. But you know, I do like Keiko Cole's call at the end of it. He goes, from dashing to Stardust to the main event of WrestleMania, the American Nightmare is taking one further step to the American Dream. Yeah. What a line. Well then, Michael. <laughs> Michael Cole, ever since that perverted old money-paying hush money cunt has went away, mm-hmm. Michael Cole has been on fucking fire. Mm-hmm. It just proves that, you know the amount of people, and I was one of these people. Yeah. I didn't like Cole on commentary. I didn't like Cole on commentary because he was fucking stifled by that pervert. I know. Like, it's hard to sound sincere as, like, great comedy like GR when you're forced to to stick to a specific thing and say it a certain way. I mean, you've got a dirty old pervert near you. But, like, as we'll get to eventually on SmackDown, when he's there, him and Taz are there and produced by by buddy Paul Heyman, they've got some freedom and liberty because people don't care about SmackDown. When, When he's left his own devices, Cole can be... Just uh, one of the best of them. Cole is up there, man. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget the guy is like fucking 60 odd percent deaf. Yeah, and well, at least in one ear. He is. I think he wears two. Uh, I think he's like, he's 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 sort of legally deaf uh, in both ears. He wears like ear nades so he can that's hear why, well. That's why when he's shot, he says what all the time because he can't quite hear what they're saying. Uh, I, I feel but, bad for that joke, I'm sorry. but No, nah, but, you know, Cole is a fucking... Cole's a legend, man. Uh, he's, he's he's went for the wee backstage story like get wedged by DX to being one of the most legendary commentators of the modern era. That's why it's funny when I, you briefly see him on this pay-per-view where he's wee frosted tips, he's wee bit of blonde at the top totally, of his head. Totally, totally. <laughs> like I say, where I'm calling it right now, mm-hmm. in the future... Uh, and if you disagree with me, fair enough. I think we should do a retrospective yes. on Michael Cole. <laughs> Usually when we do a retrospective, we have to look at matches. I don't want to look too heavily into the matches. Let's not do but that, but let's just look at Michael Cole. When I, I can't say Michael Cole matches without doing a big air quotes. Matches. Yes. Magma. Matches. Magma. You can't call it preparation why don't you just call it preparation ass cream, you ass? <laughs> and you know, in, in fairness, mm-hmm. in the second Austin Powers movie, yeah. Seth Green looked a lot like Lysera Michael Cole. <laughs> he did, actually, yeah. But somehow marry a wank. Because, hmm. you know, Seth Green, he just looks like a wank. Yeah. He's not a wank, he yeah. just looks like one. But yeah. Shall we get into the actual war on yes, We have been recording now, if you include the, the brief hiatus we took, mm-hmm. for about 40 minutes at maybe, least. Maybe near enough of that, I think. And we, ha- how much have we talked about the Rumble we are going to be talking about? I mentioned the Triple H won it. And that's it. I mean, again, we're recording this after the 2020 Rumble. Like, we're in a Rumble season. We are. to WrestleMania. We are in a Rumble season. We are talking about, and I think we both agree, probably one of the best Rumbles of the modern era so far. One of the... I actually think, despite the fact, oh, you probably would have been better with fans, I actually think they pulled off the 2020 and 2021 Rumbles fairly decently. Oh, I don't think they'll be amongst the great... 2021? Like, uh, Edge won one, Bianca won the other. I actually think Bianca briefly... When did Drew win? 2020. 2020. I think Bianca, when she went up number three, was in for 57 minutes, but I don't think the Rumble went past the hour. 
barely went past there, whereas I think Rhea was in there for more than ever, so Bianca did have the record for Queens, but I think Rhea now out for the Women's Rumble has the record. Good. Just by going all the way. Good. Just, I'm just playing it out. Like, yeah. there, there's a lot of records being broken at this year's Rumble, so thought I'd mention that. Do you know what I, w- I will say right now? Uh-huh. If Miss Belair mm-hmm. proves me wrong in the future, mm-hmm. I will sing her praises. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I ain't singing nothing. No, no it's weird. Like, well, we finally had a woman win from there on. We had someone do a flare, are you, Bianca, and that actually from the one, number three position. And we had an actual flare one, number one. But uh, <laughs> we had a woman win from three. We had a woman from number one. I need a woman at some point to win from number 27 for the Women's Rumble. Because now they've surpassed. Number 30 has won one more time than 27 ever has. And last time that uh, someone from 27 was in 2001. That was Austin. Oh. In his final Rumble. So it How many co- Women's Rumbles has there been so far? Well, every year since 2018. So 18, 19, 20. Six. This was the six sixth. Women's Rumble. So the sixth one. Who won the first? Asuka. Asuka went Asuka, Becky, Charlotte. That was the year Asuka and Shinsuke won, right? Yes. So it's gone Asuka, Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, Ronda, Rhea. Bianca, Ronda, Rhea. (laughs) So, who was the first one? Asuka. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then? Becky. Alright. It was was the right decision at the time. Charlotte. Awesome. I wanted wanted Shayna to win that year. I hated it. Bianca. No, bitch. Ronda. That's boo. all right. I say bitch. boo. Yeah, I say boo. And then Rhea. Awesome. Hey, the awesomest. <laughs> the awesomest because Rhea, I'm a total Rhea fanboy. You know this. The world knows this. I love Rhea Ripley. Here's a question for you. I've been thinking about it for a while. Who Eventually, they're going to do it when they get to a certain number, maybe. I wouldn't yeah. do it too quickly, which is why I'm glad with the when I heard a story come out that at one point, Vince wanted Charlotte to go back-to-back on the Rumbles, but didn't, which was good. But I think eventually we'll have a, a two-time Women's Rumble winner. Rhea. I'm, I'm trying to say, do you think it'll be someone who is yet to win the Rumble, but eventually will win it, it'll do it? Or do you think it'll be one of the names I just mentioned? I believe it'll be Rhea Ripley. Hmm. I See, Rhea Ripley, I think, like, you've got your... Power wrestlers in the WWE, and I'm talking about in the women's division, right? You've got Shayna, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, you've got, I I would even say Charlotte, because Charlotte's got power and she's got fucking technical ability, right? She's got great technical ability, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had one of my favourite finishers in the women's roster on the dub is the figure eight. I think that's a great finisher. You know, it looks good, mm-hmm. you know, she sells it well, but... And I think I'm right, by the way. I think it is my incense that's causing your eye irritation. Yeah, maybe. I really do apologise. I mean, I mean, I may like get through it. I'll be fine. Cool, cool. As long as you cool. Yeah, I'll be fine. But no. Or is it? If, if Bianca Belair... You know... I, a lot of the time with me, it's gimmick. You yeah. know? And being honest with you, have you seen Scary Movie? They, they legit, people have said that there was a spot in the Raw match between her and Alexa where they copied Aye, I, that bit from Scary I don't, Movie. I don't care about that, but come on. She's basically Brenda. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's not a fucking wrestler, that's Brenda. <laughs> oh, fucking, I thought we were friends. Was gonna miss you, girls. 
But she's, I mean, that's her promo skills. The fucking, mm-hmm, and the fucking waving the horns and, oh, hell no. And you're like, oh, you go, you cunts. You behave yourself. It's stupid caricature pish. See if she would actually fucking be legitimate. Instead of getting as a load of caricature pish, just, you're a powerful fucking chick. I would, I would defend her on that till the fucking cows came him. Bianca Belair is fucking powerful. Base your character on power. Don't what? base your character on caricature. So what does this have to do with you thinking Rhea's going to win the Rumble, be the first ever two-time winner? Ah, oh, just ranted. But I, no, I, I believe Rhea's going to win the Rumble and be a two-time winner because she is the most legitimate threat in the women's division at the moment, in my opinion. I think if if, Becky, if Bailey had won the Raw belt from Bianca during that feud they were having at the end of last year, I think I could have seen either either Bianca or Becky becoming a two-time winner to go to carry on a thing with, B- with Bailey because that's what I think. I like cause I like I kind of like what they've been doing with ba- Bailey and Becky right now. But I think if Bailey had won the belt from Bianca, we still had the belt, and her and Becky were doing a thing over the belt. It would have added something a bit more to the beat. It really would have. But, you know, you know the dubs have it. We get mm-hmm. a personally just run with it, even if we're wrong. Mm. You know, I, I personally think they were wrong putting the belt on Bianca in the first place. Uh-huh. I think we should have, you know, developed her more. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, I, and I think that a lot of the time it's like me trying to force my opinion on people, you know? But mm-hmm. personally, I don't like silly gimmicky caricatures you know what I mean I like shit like to be legit you know like Rhea seems legit to me Charlotte seems legit to me okay. and if you're going back uh-huh. when you think about legit wrestlers Jazz mm. even though she was never pushed properly Jazz seemed legit to me you know she was a fucking beast fucking uh, Jacqueline yeah when she was actually allowed to wrestle, legit as hell, you know? So many women wrestlers can be legit, and so many women wrestlers are goddamn powerful. But the character they get is just so pathetic sometimes. And it's not their bloody choice, you know? Yeah. They just go with what they're... They get, like, that much say in the matter. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, 5-10% of say in the matter, like, ah, oh, what do you mind being like this? Mm-hmm. And then the company goes... Alright, you can have that wee bit, but we're going to make you look like us and make you do less shit. Mm-hmm. And we just go, hmm, argument, paycheck. Hmm, uh, I know what side I am on. The eternal struggle, isn't the it? The eternal struggle of having an opinion or having a fucking legitimate wage. Ask. Tis the eternal question. <laughs> look at all those wrestlers that had an opinion and now do not have a wage. To, to paycheck or not to paycheck, that is the question. <laughs> Yeah, paycheck and shush, opinion and welfare. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Royal Rumble 2002. Yes. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So, to- thank you for listening to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. That's all the time we have today. Good day. <laughs> it took place on January 20th, 2002. Mm hmm. I I do this on SmackDown. I do it when we do the preview, so I'll do it here. Maybe I'll add this as our actual feature to our wrestling reviews. Hell yeah! In the UK at this time in January, on January, the the number one film in the UK is Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. 
That's all the like, first one? Yes, I thought like, I remember confusing, like, isn't that the 2001 film? And I realised, like, ah, this came out in December, so that, that residual success is carrying over into January. Do you know the only character in Lord of the Rings I ever wanted to stamp on the face until he went away? Samwise Ganji, I thought he was an absolute cock. <laughs> so I did. I thought I thought he had, I thought he was gay for Frodo. Really, I'm, did. Sure, I'm sure there are people who have written things about them being gay, but I don't want to know that, about that's, that that's shit. Their, that's their own business. That's their business. No one needs to see that. I haven't looked up what what ends up being it, but uh, in the US, it was also very dominant with Lord of the Rings. But apparently, the, this this week it has finally its run has been ended in the US by what by Black Hawk Down, which will be number one for the next three weeks. That sucks. I know. Also. In case you're interested, when I looked at when I typed in number one in the UK box office two thousand two or and US, it also felt like needed to tell me what the number one movie overall in both countries was for two thousand two. So if you're interested, the number one overall movie for the year two thousand two in the UK was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which was the second one, oh. and in the US it was Spider Man. Yeah, the first Spider Man, of course. The first one, yes, first one. The one with Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe. Aye, and well, the Green Goblin. Yes. He used to have a loom to fill, living under my bed. Hey. Hey, you asleep yet? No. No. Cool, just checking. They're at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. It's now called the State Farm Arena. It was uh, renamed in State Farm Arena in 2018. I really enjoy that parody movie of, you know, Spider-Man and whatnot that has that pervert Drake Bell in it. Oh, yeah. yeah superhero you know, movie. Superhero movie. Yes. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. You know. I really love what movie. Leslie Nielsen uh, as well. And Stephen Hawking. Yes. You know, crap, 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 crap. (laughs) (laughs) And the fucking, when he sprays the the animal pheromone on himself and the fucking snail is humping his shoe. The snail's coming over like, hold him down, boys. (laughs) And the snail's on his shoe like, yeah, take it, bitch. Fucking love that movie. Anyway. Uh, So, hey. In Atlanta, sorry, cut in, but that has that has data in it too. Rent spinner, yeah, great movie. Sorry, <laughs> so yeah, they're in Atlanta. This is a almost a ten months after the end of WCW. So what do they do? We come back to WCW's hotbed and run one of our pay per views, one of our big pay per views as well. Do it, just do what to fuck with WCW. And just just pissing on the ashes of what was lit once WCW. Yeah. That's, that that seems like a Vince thing to do. Yeah, the Phillips area now called State Fire Arena can hold this varies, I had to take this in. Up to twenty one thousand people for a concert, eighteen thousand and eighteen and a half thousand for if they want to do hockey, and up to twenty thousand for a basketball. Yeah. For the WF they got sixteen thousand one hundred and six people which when you factor in the Titan Tron and everything. And what was the buy rate? Was it, weirdly enough, despite the fact that later in two thousand two and people will talk about how the end of the attitude there and the, the invasion would take would cause a lot of people to lose interest in in WF, especially at that time. Uh, and th- as the two thousands go on, a lot of wrestling as a whole tends to suffer with the absence of WCW and yeah. ECW. Well, uh, is two thousand and two not also a year that uh, a fledgling Impact Wrestling would Impact and Ring of Honor non-stop action NWA TNA as we call it, and Ring of Honor start up around this time mm. and then in June of this year, but like and. 
I think it's a case there's all these other smaller companies as well trying to fill that void left by ECW and WCW to an extent. Well, I'm assuming at this point you still had your Japanese organisations like NOAA and... Yeah, like as, as a, I think they, they start feeling a strain as the decade goes on. Not yet. Actually, NOAA is still fairly new, only starting in 2000. And, sorry, NOAA, oh, sorry, sorry. NOAA through an association with Ring of Honor yeah. actually would become the number one promotion in Japan for a while, whereas Inoki and his obsession with style wrestling and covering that way yeah. Which fine would cause that to have a dip in the mid two thousand before in- rising up again. Interesting you talk of shoot still wrestling. Where if it existed at the time, I obviously I'm not as up on my detail as you are at times. Where did CZW stand at this point? I I don't know, I think CZW may have only just been founded around this time of CZW. Like would be the most successful for a long time of becoming the new ECW. I think more recently GCW has taken that moniker. Yeah. So I think CW would start, but there were a lot of hardcore promotions that would. I, I know of like um, I know more about um, storied performers in that organization when the actual organization itself, like Nick Gage and uh, Moxley was in there. Or Moxley was there, and uh, what was his name? Oh, the Scraping. big. Uh, he was in the wrestle. The movie. Oh, wrestle. The Necro Butcher. Necro Butcher. That's him. Aye. Yeah. He's a famous ZZ Dub guy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, actually, he was founded in 1998 with ZZW. Oh, well, there you go. But still operating. I don't know what when, it, when exactly what people would call the peak and when it really took off in popularity. Mm. But I imagine around this period would be a, a hotbed for it. I think through the management, I'm assuming the more superior management of it, uh, would, would, I would assume that's why it settled into that groove of you know, because a lot of key indie, indie wrestling names yeah, there, and that was a big thing for you. Not just the hardcore stuff, but they had great technical. They had your Malenko's, Eddie's, Benoit's. Yeah, as well. Did Douglas Punk not wrestle in CZ Double at any point? He might have. I can't remember. I know he wrestled in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and <coughs> so he might have. But also, because they used to have a one where it was just for good wrestlers. Yeah. For a while, a wee tournament for just wrestlers called Best of the Best for CZW. Best of the best of the best. Sorry, I watched Men in Black the other day. <laughs> so, he's He's so excited and he has no idea why we're here. <laughs> Love that movie. Well, so like I said, business after this will take, I think it's when The Rock and Austin take, take like Rock after SummerSlam goes off to do some more movies, comes back then goes again. You've got Austin. That went off to deal with Scorpion King. I think he's actually already filmed it. Then it's maybe where he's filming stuff like that. Well, it's called The Run in America, but over here it's called Welcome to the Jungle. I fucking love that movie. Is that the one he did with, with Stifler? Yes. I love that movie. And one of these, actually, I think he's actually one of decent when he's more decent early movies is Walking Tall. The film he did in, came in 04, he got Johnny Knoxville in it as well. Oh, that one with fucking Stifford was great, man. A little lightning, little thunder, little lightning, little thunder. <laughs> I liked it because The Rock had a rock bomb at one point in that movie. I just liked it because The Rock was fucking bitchy and Stifler was funny. <laughs> and I'm sorry not to call him Sean William Scott, but yeah. fuck it, he's Stifler. Yeah, anyway, I'm trying to point out that business will go down after in the year or so after this. But for I think everyone tunes in for the Rumble anyway, even oh, no matter yeah, what's happening. Yeah. That, was a, that was always a standard. Like, even if the business was kind of slow at that point, everyone tuned in for the main events. Like, well, particular Rumble and Mania. Mm-hmm. Everyone keyed into that shit. But I'm a big proponent for the old one Rumble. I think it's one of my top all-time ones. Weirdly enough, this actually did a little bit better buy wise than 2001. Yeah. 2001 did 625,000 buys. This one did 670,000 buys. So, it's that little bit more. 
and I've got to say personally, of this era's rumbles, this on a personal level is one of my absolute favourites. I love this rumble. Uh, the tagline is very generic: thirty men, one match, one winner. Yep. Generic as all fuck. Right. That's that. The response to that is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, there's one winner. No, all good. He fucking win, they? I think they're really taking advantage of like the fact that these other companies are dead. They've got all this footage and. They're about to bring in Hogan as part of the NWO, so they're, they're showing all this black and white footage for the intro package, like the stills, and there's wee bits of footage of like yeah. all the past winners. Well, I say all of them. They show Hacksaw, Hogan, Flair, then jump to Sean. So they miss out. They miss out John Studd. They miss out Yoko. They miss out Luke Luger and Brett. Uh, yeah, those are the those are the one ones they they don't mention. I I I wish they'd actually missed out Luger and Brett. Mm. Stupid fucking double winners. Just have Luger win. I mean, you've done all that Lex Express pish. Have him win. So yeah, they do all the press like winners up until this point, except those ones I mentioned. And then just sound bites people like, I'm going to win. Only one man can win. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. And you're sitting there going, nah, you're not. You're not about of you. Right. It's been decided. We know who's winning. There's like three. I'll later on we do that. There's another Rumble package, but like there are three actual potential winners and then some people are like ah oh, you could see that and then there's a bunch of nah no, well, who, who are the Nas? well your Nas are fucking Chuck Palumbo your DDPs those kind of undercard people how did you know at the time what DDP wasn't going to win? well considering he came in as a creepy stalker got beat up by an Shaker and his misses relentlessly and then got the motivational gimmick speaker when the motivational speaker is not going to lead you to the main event of Wrestlemania can, but that's not a bad thing that's can a I good do thing can I, Christian you lost the match, but you didn't lose your cool. That's not a bad thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we open up. It's also got Jr. King on commentary, obviously. Oh yeah, obviously. And we have the WWF Tag Team Championship to start us off. We have the Dudley Boys taking on the makeshift team, if ever I saw one. Spike and Taz. Spike Dudley and Taz. They're all ECW affair. And the only thing I remember from the opening entrance segment of this match is the clamour close-up of JR and King <laughs> and King sitting there like a happy child because he's looking at a woman. Yes, because he's a keyboard there. She became the Dudley's manager during the latter days of the Alliance storyline. Yeah. Her nickname, the Duchess of Dudleyville. Yeah, but do you know what? Honestly, and I, out of all the fucking... Divas mm-hmm. at the time. I actually liked Stacey Keeble. I did I. She didn't irritate me like other ones did. Not not much in the ring, but she played her well a role well when she was a she manager. She was a good manager. Yeah, very good manager. And like I say, there was nothing more cool than watching her at WrestleMania fucking slut dancing with a guy for saliva. You yes. know, I mean, that was cool. Mm-hmm. We had the coolest fucking entrance in that fucking match, and we didn't win. I know. Sick. <laughs> so the Dudleys won the titles. Well, they became undisputed champions at Survivor Series because did that cage match with the Hardy for both WCW and the WWE. Was that when Jeff fucked up? Yes. Yeah, I thought I so. I actually think the W's were the WWE champs and the Hardys, you know, they yeah, were on the yeah, Alliance yeah. side and the Hardys were the WCW titles. Yeah, yeah. So it was a unification cage yeah. match and Jeff made an arse and he sell and they lost. Yes. So then... They made he did that a lot. And so I think the story from much of all one for Spike was basically... He was tired of being mistreated by the Dudleys, and they repeated basically what they did in ECW, where a lot of it was Spike's the runt of the litter. He got he'd get abused by the Dudleys, so he's always been trying to get his revenge against them. You should like, oh, wasn't he a silent C? No. 
literally when he went, he he had yeah, a brief one in TNA where he'd be called Brother Runt. Oh, cunt! <laughs> thank, you, anyway, thank you for eliminating all subtlety of your of your joke. I have no subtlety. I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. Yes, there is no need for subtext. Just say it as it is. So, also there was a like a part of it. I think it started around about this summer when he had this kind of storyline romance with Molly Holly, but the Holly cousins and. Dudley's were feuding, so basically like, no, you can't be associated with her. I eventually Spike got sick of them mistreating him, so he broke away from the... Mm. the but then Molly buggered off to be a sidekick to the hurricane anyway, so... Aye. That was a Mighty Molly. Yes. But Spike comes out with a big fucking neck brace. Yep. On, because he, uh, he got beaten up in a car park, apparently, I'll, by the Dudley's. I'll be honest story, like, about Spike, though. Never much cared for him. Yeah. I would have loved to have had one of his t-shirts. With Sorry. the spike on mm. the back, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah, basically it's a case of, it's not a long match, but it's basically a case of Spike gets isolated for the most part, he's desperate to make the tag to, to Taz. It's weird, because we were watching Taz in our Smackdown review at this time, and he's in this feud, right, getting ready to fight Jerry Lawler at SummerSlam. Yeah. And I'll be honest, during this whole feud, I'm 100% on Lawler's side. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you don't fucking, don't you fucking start your shite with your good old JR, you prick. Aye. And that, in that instance, I'm like, nah, fuck you, fucking King's right enough. Give you a smack for being a cheeky prick to his <laughs> sort of pal. But then, but then JR gets annoyed at King because, like you said, the bit with the close up of King's face and everything. And like JR's explaining the rumble and he talked about the storyline of the Dudley's. You didn't even hear a word I said, did you? And then he's more like, oh, Dudley's, <laughs> Dudley's one of the faces are quickly. No, don't finish the match quickly. Otherwise, that I means Stacey will leave. And there's a bit where... Also, Sad old perfect Although bastard. I do love how he then tries to accuse JR being the one that's staring at Stacey Keebler because uh, there's a bit where the referee gets surrounded by Devo purposefully so he doesn't see Taz getting tagged in. And so when referee's telling Taz to go, the Dudleys again start attacking oh, right. And JR like, there was a tag there. The referee didn't see it. Like, you didn't see anything I saw. You were looking at Stacey Keebler. <laughs> Well, over when he when he misses that tie, the Dudleys do one of the better spots of the match where they go they do a double flapjack on Spike, they launch him in the air, but they almost lift him too high and had to grab onto his feet. He lifts, he goes that high. I liked it, and I noticed when Spike landed, he done the mm-hmm. off up and they turn into the side. Yeah. Like Spike was very good at selling. That was his big best attribute, which is why he was so good at this kind of thing. No, he 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 taught the skill that Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> you know, excelled in selling. <laughs> He did. Uh, he he made that bubble where he's moved the Dudley dog, or it was called the acid drop in ECW. I per- my favorite portion of this match was when he tried to do with Dudley dog to fucking uh, Bub uh, no to Devon, mm-hmm. and Devon just went nah, he just chucked them the fuck up. <laughs> Very much. It finally manages to get the tag to Taz. To Taz and Taz just starts throwing them around. He's just spawning this. Like a video span and suplex, just throwing them around. Aye. It's a weird one where it's like an exploder, but then he floats over, like a Northern Lights kind of floats over and then grabs the leg, weirdly, like a, mm. like a fisherman. I must say, well, when it came to the finish, Aye. like, like obviously Taz is like, like Stacy jumps up on the fucking apron mm-hmm. and tries to do what Stacy did, you know, mm-hmm. like, she tries to slap Taz all the mush. Yeah. And he does what lots of people don't seem to realise they can do. Aye. He ducked. Hey. <laughs> you know, he ducked and he grabbed her in a Taz mission. Mm-hmm. Fucking Devon comes running in, smacks Taz. She goes, career to the fucking mm-hmm. grun. And for some 
some odd reason, fawn down made her unable to get up again. <laughs> but then, wee bit of this and that, and then Taz slaps the transmission on Devon. Mm-hmm. And the thing that surprised me, because I, obviously I watched this rumble, one of my favourites, but I remember the rumble predominantly. Yeah. It was just, it was so surprising to me that the, basically the minute he slapped that transmission on, Devon's like, yeah. tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, really? I wasn't upset by the by the outcome or nothing. I was just like, really, mm-hmm. like nothing for Bubba. And I was I was kind of agreeing with the commentary at the point. I was like, where the fuck's Bubba went? Aye. nothing happened. Tell where's he went? I, I think he got knocked out the ring at one point, but it didn't look like a big spot. So I say that's why you, you were surprised he didn't Aye, but come nae, back in. Nay, Bubba, nay, keyboard because I mean. Obviously, falling down really affects a woman. Well, she, like, guy, she gets like, shoved forward. I think she only she only knocks anyone of the fucking commentary tables at one point. Yeah, and then yeah, Jay Lawler. I don't because they're like, oh, they need a doctor. Oh, I should go check on her. Like, Jr., you're not a doctor. I can play one on television. <laughs> but yeah, I, also I thought this was weird. Is it just me or did I am I looking at it wrong or did this actually happen? But like, Taz goes is in down the corner. He's done a move on one of the Dudleys. And Spike goes up to do a drop kick. I swear it looked like he tagged himself in and then buggered off after he got thrown outside. And then Taz walks in the side and I'm like, hold on, Taz isn't even, is Taz legal? I thought Taz wasn't illegal. I don't know if I noticed that, but... It know. really looked like Spike had tied himself back into the match, but the commentators didn't mention it, so I didn't say anything at the mm-hmm. time about it. You're probably right. It was probably like some kind of fuck-up that yeah. they just glossed over as they did. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what does it they say whenever there's a fuck up in a match? You just do your best to gloss over it and yeah. make it look. I mean, classic example. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm talking about this current Rumble again. Yeah. But look at the KO yeah. Roman Reigns match. Mm-hmm. That god awful fuck up what KO did in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roman saved that. Yeah. You know, Roman saved that just by rolling into position. Yeah. You know what I mean, but KO made a major fuck up in that. Like, it, thankfully he wasn't hurt and Roman wasn't hurt, but it just looked ah, cause like stupid. Because the fucking minsock. Because if he inches off, he could have fucking landed on his own his own head. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like he kind of like I don't know if he fell on the rope yeah. or something. Like, but he he fucked it up, mm-hmm. and Roman thankfully saved it. You mm-hmm. know. I don't know if he was rolling to save the spot or rolling to save the spot and to try and help KO. It. I think a mixture probably of both, a bit, probably. We, we bit of both, you know, but a lot of the time, like you say, when there's a wee miscommunication or a wee fuck-up, like, as long as it's nothing mm-hmm. humongous, they like, usually manage to gloss it, you know? This match only went five minutes and six seconds, so a very quick bang yeah. bang, I hit your spots, big hot opener. Well, oh, too, Taz yeah. was kind of... Yeah, Taz was done. Taz was getting to the end of his run at that point. One of the, high, one of the more, few high points he would ever have in his career was winning the tag belts with Spike Dudley. How long did they hold him for? I think they'll lose him either by No Way Out or at No Way Out. Oh. Probably to uh, Chuck, Billy and Chuck. Billy and Chuck? Yes. Can't get that word out there, but yeah. Billy and Chuck. Who weirdly are coming out, not coming out to their usual... Coming TV. out. <laughs> not, to, not to their... Seeing that Rico would go on to use, now they're coming out to the one Billy Gunn theme song, which yeah. we'll see uh, later on. You look so good to me. <laughs> I like that theme for that. The I don't gayest care. goddamn theme in that match, and they won it. You <laughs> did Dudley's entrance, and you had their entrance. In fact, 
I'll fucking and I know I'm fucking this isn't even the thing we're talking about, but you did Dudley's entrance with saliva, and then you did PA, then you did Hardy's, then you did Poofs. And they fucking won it. I mean for Christ's sake. I'm not having that. No having that at all. The Dudley should have won that. Yeah. God damn it. So then we cut back cut to footage from Monday Night Raw of a tag team match where William Regal wins the match we've seen by hitting Edge with a pair of brass knucks. <sighs> what? Oh, just the minute this match came up, I I worked on the old theory, you know. The first match was a retention. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't as memorable on the actual non-rumble part of this pay-per-view. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a fucking title win for Regal. What's wrong with Regal? Oh, nothing's wrong with Regal. It's just I kind of liked Edge at this point, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I mean, it was a Rob Zombie entrance edge, yeah. you know what I mean? I love that edge. You know, they kept that into the network, though. Thank Christ. They don't, they, yeah, they got rid of Taker and, well, and Kid Rock, but, you know, I don't like Kid Rock, so I don't give a fuck. I like Kid Rock's music. You notice yeah. I said I, I didn't say I like Kid Rock, I like no. his music. Yeah. But, uh, and then also Edge gets his revenge by using a chair on Smackdown in the show the phase, and then it cuts to Edge. And I'm looking at the big Rumble logo, the big, like, the weird kind of design for the Rumble logo yeah. for this one, like the background of it as well. I'm just looking at it, I'm like, why does the Rumble logo for this year look like the fucking B&M logo? <laughs> <laughs> look at that if I find the clip of Edge's interview look at the background of that then type in B&M go <laughs> and look at their logo it's because somebody who works on the B&M Twitter account clearly likes wrestling they no, keep no. tweeting about wrestling and uh, like they, show, they showed a one of like uh, Seamus and Drew but put the B&M logo over their face and went bargain after bargain after bargain <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, apparently they've they have rescinded calling them the Bang Bros now because yeah. of a porn site. I mean, there's a lot of men who work, who work in the WWE office. Don't pretend that none of you who have accident it didn't know that. Mo- also, it had to be awkward for the. Also, most of them probably knew what it was, but they won't admit it. The one guy who did speak up, you, you feel bad for, because then people will think weirdly about him, like, like, I know what I know about your bloody internet history, well, mate. Isn't that a gay porn thing? No. It just it sounds gay porny with Bang Bros, you know. Anyway, back to the match. Well, Edge's interview, he's been interviewed not talking about the what's happening and then you're like, you know, me and Regal, we he could've we could have had a hell of a fight if he wanted to play fair, but no, no, he wants to huh. use the brass knuckles. If he wants to fight, well look at this. And then he goes away and goes back in and he's like, See this? It's a steel chair. Like <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a bag just make sure you know it's a steel chair. Yeah. Like, this? This is a steel chair. This is a steel chair I used to break his fucking nose. <laughs> so he wants to fight dirty. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he wants to talk about how the blood of the English friends. He does. He takes the piss out of Regal calling people sunshine all the time. Like, well, sunshine, let's, uh, let's play dirty. And then Regal comes out doing his like, doing his little wave. Like, hello. He's no longer the commissioner he was. He was the WF commissioner. Then he became the Alliance commissioner. Mm. And then also was received of that. Lost that position when the Alliance law. <laughs> so Regal's story has been honestly. To keep his job after the alliance lost, he had to join the Kiss My Ass. So and then, so he, he kept his job, but everyone was uh, taking the piss out of him for kissing kiss the ass. So he started becoming back, going back to being the more vicious. Be like, I will not be. I had a bloody fool, love. Mm. 
And then this is when the time he starts using the brass knuckles, which usually he would say, like, you know, I never needed them to win a match, but the whole point was I just like hitting people with yeah. them. And then he starts and gets into a thing with Edge, Edge retained at Vengeance, and then later on to this match, the other angle where he broke Regal's nose by giving him an execution on the on a on steel the chair. chair. They keep going on about it, it was like, well, JR's going up by Tom's edge, he goes, no, he's really talented, JR. The, very, the team of surgeons to, to fix William Regal's nose after what Edge did to him. <laughs> but Regal talked about both the Kiss My Ass segment and this, like, introduction of the power of the punch in the feud with Edge. Yeah. And basically, he talked about how he talked over the same with Vince, and, like, he said he wanted to legit actually kiss his ass, and Vince's like, no, you're not actually going to kiss the ass, like, I think it'd be funnier if I did. But you're not gonna. I'm gonna. You're not gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> Starting to freak Vince. Like, uh, you're, not gonna, uh, you're not gonna kiss my ass. You're like, oh. It's him. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, big smooch. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically he talks about the, the logic by fitting with Edge and basically it was a case of like, I was put in there with him to prove <clears throat> that Edge could take a beating. Mm. So yeah, because Edge, at this point, he won King of the Ring, he's, he's split away from Christian there, we feud over the IC title, yeah. went, then did the whole unification thing with Ted and the US belt, like WCW version, at least at Survivor Series. Yeah. So Edge, basically, Vince was all sold on Edge as a singles guy, but he was kind of that guy who was in a tag team with a long bond there, and they're like, oh, look how good-looking Edge is, but like, he needs to have a bit of a mean streaker and aggressive, so he needs to get into an actual fight here, so let's put him in something with Regal. Yeah, put him in with somebody that will hurt him. Aye. Like, like I said, poor we could do a beating and obviously eventually get the icy belt off him so that Vince probably in his own mind had an idea to give Edge a push towards the WWE title, which he may have got sooner had he not had his neck injury in 2003. Mm. Yeah. Do you think maybe he would have got it as opposed to Benoit? Maybe. Because he, uh, he does... Seem to be like a focal point when they do like the split between Ron Smiddle and the SmackDown side. He's very much a, a main focal point, I think, in that show, yeah. part of the SmackDown 6 and all that. So, you have this match between uh, Regal and Edge. Edge, like you said, comes it to the Rob Zombie. So, you have Nick Patrick going around the ring looking for brass knucks, and in fact, he goes reaches the, the tights where Regal eyes and pulls them out, and Gerald Lawler has the, the goal to call Nick Patrick a pervert. Like, oh, I could have his tights, you pervert. Mm. Uh, Edge goes right after me. He tries pot, pot calling the kettle black a little much. Yes. No, at this point, it's, like, it's the kettle calling another kettle a kettle. <laughs> he tries to slam Regal's face in in a mat triangle back after the nose does, does Edge. Then Regal fights back, elbows him in the gut to have him bent over, and then just does that big Regal knee to the mm. side of the head. Uh, to the point where like Regal goes for like the double underhook suplex. Edge kind of does a backdrop on him, but while he's still got hold on, so he does a backdrop into like a Northern Lights thing. Rio kicks out, floats over, does the double underhook power bomb anyway. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Edge hits a really nice looking spin kick, which I forgot he actually did. Uh, Regal does, he's very, he's very cool looking like suplexes. You, you forgot Edge's occasionally used spin kick. Yes. Yeah, I know he, he didn't do it often, but yeah. he did do it, he was good with it. He did, uh, maybe it's because I remember more as a heel. Maybe he didn't do it when he was a heel. Mm. Uh, it's a forearm on Edge to send him to the outside. And then as we goes on the apron, Edge pops back up and hits like a DDT on the <laughs> apron, which I thought looked very cool. And then Jerry Law gets again like, oh okay, yeah, he's trying to re-break that nose. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, don't stay. <laughs> uh, it goes with the execution, which I think actually also when he was a single star, they weirdly tried to pull away from the spear fall away and make the execution more of a 
mm. more of a thing. I like the education. I did I. Actually, I think he did that better than he did his beer. I don't, I've never rated his beer that highly. Nah, like, occasionally he done it. Yeah. Occasionally, like, if, like, if he's, if he's doing the spear, the spear, and the guy taking the spear knows how to sell, mm-hmm. when the edge of the spear looks no bad, mm-hmm. you notice how it doesn't say good. Mm. It looks no bad. Edge of spear, unlike other spears, relies on how the other guy sells it to really make it great. Yeah. And I think, like, some guys, they don't need the guy to sell, they can just make it look vicious. Yes. Like, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Moose. Mm. Yeah, but he carries the education and he locks in the regal stretch. Yeah. Regal stretch. I just I always yeah. thought when I always found the name kind of comical. Yeah. The regal stretch. Is he? His name's, his name's William Regal. And he's stretching you. Regally. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's English. Regal. The regal stretch. But he reaches the, the rope. It goes for the spear. Edge goes for the spear, but William Regal pulls the referee into it. And, uh, uh, actually, I, 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 I have to question that particular spot because you know that ref could have easily mm-hmm. moved his ass. Uh, no, Regal was holding on to him or nothing. Mm-hmm. Then Regal grabs the, gets a, a spare pair of brass knucks, knocks Edge out, even gives the time referee to do his slow kick because Edge, but he hit me brass knucks, he's, he's dead weight, he's just lying. Yeah, he's and selling it right. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of referees coming in to check him afterwards, so. Pins him, he w- wins the title, and Michael Cole confronts him on earth. How can you condone winning the winning the match that Michael way? Cole, I have been gifted with the power. The power of the punch. <laughs> I'm sorry, is, is he being played by Kelsey Grammer in this version that you do? In this version? Yes. Yes, he is. Else I've been given a great gift. Power of the punch. The punch? Has been a great boon mm-hmm. to me. How they are wounded. <laughs> yeah, he goes like, oh, no, I've just got a very powerful punch. I'm not using breath notes. It's the power of the punch. Just got a very odd image in my head of Kelsey Grammer being a William Regal-esque wrestler. Yes. I would love to hear Kelsey come out to Regal's music. Uh-huh. He's a man. Such a man. I've played Kelsey Grammys for both voice Yellow or War Games to have a War Games match. Didn't Kelsey narrate the intro to a pay per view once? WrestleMania 32. 32, thank you. Yes. Kelsey rules. I know. <laughs> yeah, the Regal wins the Intercontinental title. I think it's maybe the only time he actually. Well, no, I'll tell you a lie. One of only two times he'll ever be Intercontinental champion. That's correct. Yes. Correct thyself. Yes, he got it uh, briefly in 2008. 2000. Who did he defeat? He defeated Santino Morella. Santino Morella. At, at, at a show in England and then lost it early January to CM Punk. Did did, did he hurt Santino in the Scrotesia Malaysian? I don't know. In Possibly. the Scrotesia Malaysian. Yes. <laughs> you, you are a cheater. Yes. Wait, 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 a cheater. Anyway, Regal has won the match. He's they would actually go on to have a a, a rubber match. Regal would win when at no way out the it was a pair of brass knucks and a pole match. Brass knucks? Did he not lose that? No, he won that because he would go into WrestleMania as champion and lose it to RVD. So he would. So whereas Edge would have an illustrious feud of feuding with Booker T over shampoo. Oh yeah. They, what that, a fucking stupid feud over a fucking Japanese shampoo commercial. I think that was meant to lead to it being a hair v hair thing. Booker was, found out he was going to lose and didn't want to lose his hair. 
So he just carried off that heresy place into his post-mania feud against Kurt Hingle. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if we'd have made Edge lose his hair, I would have burnt the WWE to the ground. Mm. Edge's hair was beautiful. It's not now. Because mm. he's old and crap now. Well, at least he still has hair, like some other people of his era. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Well, Undertaker's still got a braid. <laughs> anyway, we, let me get backstage footage from SmackDown of Jazz breaking, well, not breaking, but injuring Trish Stratus. She puts out a big crate ball, just slams a fucking... Yeah. Uh, I, this is, you know, this is actually a pretty good match between Jazz and Trish. Mm-hmm. Trish looks good. Jazz looks vicious. You know, she's not bald. Mm. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think she somehow made the ball look work. Oh, she look- made the ball look, look cool. Mm-hmm. But we have to go through this match listening to King say purple puppies more more times than is necessary. And they gave it a special guest referee when it didn't need one. Jacqueline's there. And they, they mentioned the fact, oh, Jacqueline lost the number contendership to Jazz on Raw. Like, huh, I, I, I guess that won't affect her biasness of a, no, as an official. All. And, you know, it didn't really. I mean, there was a little hoo-ha between her and Jazz, but nothing really... You know, it didn't really... I thought the... I thought the mindset in the yeah. match was a little fucked up. You know, because, like, obviously, the, they made note of the fact that Jacqueline lost the number one contenders match to Jazz. Mm-hmm. They had her as a special referee. Uh-huh. And you think, oh, maybe there'll be some intrigue in that. Yeah. And apart from a little back and forth pushing between Jazz and Jacqueline, mm-hmm. and a little hesitation on one of the pent accounts. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Just staring like. Yeah, a little hesitation, and you were like, "Well, that really doesn't, you know, that really doesn't solve anything." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the mat, the match was good, but the general playing out of it was a little weak. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, Trish looked really good in the match. You know, I like I liked her like uh, want a better way of putting it, like a Dudley dog kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and she sold the injury well. Yeah, but much everything she did when she was trying to make a comeback, she then immediately had to go back and sell the, the yeah, hand. But she did the. Yeah. I'll give her credit for that. She actually sold an injury. Like some people don't fucking properly sell an injury. Yeah. Like, as much as I'm negative on Trish, I respect the shit out of her for her actual ability. She was. You know, she was good. I think she's still in the midst of her very first reign as women's champion. Yeah. Uh, she would win the belt in a six-way match at this previous Survivor Series. Where, yeah, I think after it, the belt disappeared from TV after Judgment Day of 01 because of China even. They didn't mention it. And then a couple weeks in, it, we met to Survivor Series. like, oh, we're going to have a match. Three uh, three WF women, three Alliance women for the new women's champion. I think that's the match where Jazz, like, they kept the third Alliance member, or a mystery that it kept turning to be Jazz. Yeah. And as much as Paul Heyman was saying, my God, it's Jazz, he was at ECW, and this, that, it's like, all the crowd at that time who attended the Survivor were like, who's this? Oh, ECW chick. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, Jazz, Jazz would be, like, the main rival for Trish at this point. I think she will win it eventually, because I do remember when they had that triple threat at Mania, Jazz walks in as the champion. Yeah. I think she is the champion when the brand split happens, but shortly after the brand split, Trish will win it back. Yeah, she walks in as champion, but Trish don't walk out as champion. No, no, Jazz walks in as champion. Yeah. I mean, yeah that's, what well, that's what I mean. Jazz yeah. walks in as champion. But, but Trish will win it uh, shortly after the battle because for a brief time, the Raw belt, the women's belt could also go between shows. two shows. And then they decided, nah, we'll just keep this on Raw. Yeah, we'll just keep this here. 
Smackdown Women, you can wait five or so years before you get a woman's belt and we'll give you one that looks like a fucking butterfly. Yes. Well, I mean, there was a butterfly one and there was that one that Lee Cole had. Yeah. Let's not forget that one. No. I, I'd rather we did. I'd, I'd, I would rather it never, it was never anything we had to forget in the first place, but it existed. And eventually, at some point in our podcasting future, we'll probably have to talk about it, even if we don't want to. Yeah. We'll have to. Well, well but until then, I will avoid it. <laughs> yes. Perfect example being if we ever do a retrospective on the women's title. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that silliness. What a complicated history that will be. A very complicated history. And some questionable title designs. And you know some questionable in terms of legitimacy, like how long was Fabius Minda champion? Was she really champion for 30 years? No. No. Was she a bit of a cunt that held other women down because she didn't want to lose a spot? Undoubtedly. Yeah. What? Wait, she was a female Hogan? Wow. No, no. Well, she is, she, all the stories will say that she is worse. And Hogan. Wow. Did, you, did you see that picture of young Hogan on Facebook the other day? No. A picture of Hogan when he was but a boy. You, have you seen the, the thing of him seemingly going to text or DM someone back there like, tweeting out, help, I've run out of toilet paper. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. That is That normalises the man. That is a normal thing that happens to people. You go to the toilet, you, you have your business, and then you go, oh fuck. Aye, but like, the fact these messages, we actually we like, help, I've heard a toilet paper brother, like, he just, everyday texting people, adds the word brother, he can't help it, it's second nature to him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the ultimate warrior and his districity. <laughs> but yeah, like, this match... What the hell does that mean? You know, I joked to you before we recorded, I think that the tag match feel like, felt like it was being played, a regular match being played in 1.5 speeds. Yeah, yeah. That goes double for this match. Oh, totally, totally. Because it's very, very symptomatic of the treatment of women's wrestling that I take. Is each of them come out with theme songs so generic? Oh I yeah, I couldn't, yeah. Discern, I couldn't discern one from the other. Well, I mean, I always, I always found Trish's music generic as fuck. Yeah. You know, I always felt. But again, that was a. I'll be honest. No woman wrestler had good entrance music mm-hmm. until Victoria. When she came out with a tattoo theme. Well, you had Lita's theme that would be part of the the forcible entry theme. Yeah, I think that yeah, was, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it fitted her character. But like you said, like, there was a brief exchange of ropes that I saw, which also had a face-sitting joke from Daryl Law, which I tried to ignore. Yeah, I... I Jazz on offense for the majority of this, selling the hand, which is good on Trish's part, but the bit where the springboard off the... What you say, the Dudley Dog kind of thing, I think that would go on to be the Stratisfaction finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it is because is the fashion now because I think they call Stratisfaction the running bulldog that she's using. Yeah. So well, I'm still I, figuring like that out. I just know at the, the end of this match, I, I think it's King that keeps going, Stratisfaction, Stratisfaction, Stratisfaction. You're yeah. like, anyway, look at Stratisfaction. Because yeah, like, she does the one that would go on to be the Stratisfaction and not only does Jeff kick out, she kicks out and then immediately uses the man to roll herself over onto yeah, a cover yeah, of her own. Yeah. And actually, I thought Jazz was somehow going to build the win, but it's not that I didn't like it. <coughs> like, it just came to come out of nowhere. I thought, Trish was like, fluke a roll-up, because she's injured. No, she hits a very weak-looking kick, in my opinion. Then it's what they call the Stratisfaction, and just wins. Yeah, yeah. It's, but then again, so many matches, regardless of who's in it, so many matches finish that way, you know? Yeah. I mean, go back to this year's Rumble again. Yeah. You And you know I'm a, like, 
yeah. I'm a fucking brave fanboy. Like yeah. I, the man can do no wrong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But that that uh, pitch black match, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the offense was LA Knight. Yeah, you know he was he was legit making himself look good. And then out of nowhere, boom, Sister Abigail, he's yeah. fucked, done. Yeah, and then you know he gets stalked to the backstage. He keeps hitting Bray with a lightsaber. <laughs> Nothing happens. Then he, get, he gets mandible cord. Then he gets jumped on. He explodes. The puppets look at him. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Bray is so powerful, not even a lightsaber can fell him. <laughs> yes, the force is strong with Bray Wyatt. Yes. <laughs> but... That match went 3 minutes 40, the Edge match was 9 minutes 45. As much as I enjoyed parts of these matches, well, I enjoyed the Edge match out of best out of all three of them, but I really feel like there are five matches on the undercard. Also, the WWE going to put a lot of investment in the Rumble match itself. Yeah. There are five matches on the undercard that aren't the Rumble, and it's clear that WWE cared about two of them, and those are the two that are better come up. These other three, it is a case of get them out there and get them done as quickly as possible. Right, get this pitch done, and then we'll do the two matches at matter. Yeah. And then... Rumble. Yeah. Hey. Uh, you've got footage from Heat of Flair arriving with... I can't remember the name of this daughter. This the daughter that's not Ash. That's not Ashley, a.k.a. Charlotte. It's his other daughter. Yeah, and, and uh, Reed, the one that is isn't he? That is no longer with, with us seven. now. It's weird because like, you would have David Flair and this daughter with one wife and then you would go and they have Reed and Charlotte with a different missus. And the, whole, like, the big issue that flair that david and the other daughter had with him was that he was there more he was there more for reed and charlotte as opposed to the other two because like he had them towards the later part of his career whereas he was always traveling when they were growing up mm. although reed was a really accomplished amateur wrestler and then he did appear in an episode night of thunder one time as a kid and just like did a really had a really cool line against eric bischoff um i remember seeing that clip thanks to him just oh, mm. thinking like oh so even at 10 years old, he was a better wrestler and promo than his brother David uh, would ever be. Mm. I think really, like, it was maybe not as much an issue because they love each other now, but, like, Dustin and Cody said they had some issues because there's such a big age gap. So Dustin was pretty much out of the ring by the time Cody was born, so he was able to go to all his events and that, whereas yeah. he was rarely ever around when Dustin was, was coming up. But what's the age gap between Dustin and Cody? It's at least, at least 10 years, at I think. At least 10. If we, if Cody, Cody's got to be like late mid to late thirties, where Dustin's like fifty odd. Yeah, so. right. Well, is, isn't like, am I am I right or wrong in this? Is like same dad, different mothers. Same dad, different mothers. Uh, for yeah. Cody and Dustin. I always thought that because you know, like you look at Dustin, aka Gold Dust. I, say, AKA. I think also just, uh, Cody has a younger sister who's like okay, like the half sister of Gold Dust. So he has a younger sister, whereas like Dustin didn't have any siblings mm. when he first grew. But nah, you look you look at Dustin, mm-hmm. aka Gold Dust, aka Black Rain, aka artist formerly known as, uh-huh. and you know, Sans paint. You know when he doesn't have his paint on and shit, he looks like he's da. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cody, looks like he's da for about the, the nose up. <laughs> you know he's got he's got Dusty's, so eyes. So I just looked up there. Cody is thirty seven. And Dustin's 53. 53. He's in the last year of his active career at the moment, yes. isn't he, Dustin? He's, sorry, he says, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, well, I doubt he's going to do a slick wreck yeah. and keep coming. He's not going to be the kiss of wrestling, is he? Yeah. So, so thirteen year difference between Cody and Dustin. Dang. Yeah. Thirteen year difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Flair's here, and I forgot this match was this match was on this pay per view because I remembered most of this card except for this match. A street fight between Ric Flair and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes. Now, I, would... I, I remember this for one reason. The first time I seen this match mm-hmm. and seen Vince McMahon walk out, yeah. I went, oh, fuck. Mm. He big. Yes. Because you see him in, all through that time period, you seen him in the suit. Yeah. You thought, ah, he's he probably walked suit. But... Yeah. And then you see him in the fucking, mm-hmm. no, perfect, I'll have to pay a referee vest. And you're like, Holy shit! Did you did you cringe at that little slip up in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took you a while to realise it, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes, it did. Yeah, but yeah, he comes out. He's fucking huge, uh, very and huge. This, this goes all all the way back to the night after Survivor Series, where it's weird. They basically resell all things where like Angle and Vince and Survivor Series baby faces, Austin's a heel, and then they made a re- had to reset it. The status quo. So suddenly, despite. The when McMahon and Kurt went back to being heels and Austin was a face again. Like, forget he was a baddie in the alliance and all that <laughs> and stuff. But then Vince was a baddie, and then it turns Stephanie and Shane had mentioned selling stock their stock, WF stock to a consortium so they could have the money to buy WCW and ECW and mm. Kayfabe. And then Ric Flair comes out, takes all this time to after the alliances come in to reveal it, aka real life time water contracts, all that shit. Yeah. Because they're like, well, the consortium, it was me, the nature war, and now you and I, we're partners. <laughs> we're, we're co-owners of the WWF. And Vince was like, well, that might go down one of the worst nights of my life. And you got that Vince gift, like the thing where he's rubbing his ear like that, he's like, I can't believe this, I've got to run the company with this. Mental, Mental case. fuck. And then, like, they, they have a back and forth fight. I've I've got to say during this promo po- <laughs> package, Aye. one of the lines that Vince I'll says, get to that. "I'll get to I've that." I made special note of that. Oh yeah, I've just got to say, "Oh, that's come back to bite you right in the hole." Oh, context, context is really fucked you. Yeah. I mean, again, warning signs have always been there about you, warning Vince. signs of the fact that he's a dirty bastard. <laughs> that's <laughs> the most Scottish way to put it. A Dirty, dirty bastard. Dirty lord. Stinking bastard. Ba- ah, he's a bastard. But, <laughs> he, <laughs> dirty, man. I will give him that. So, right. like, they'd be back and forth conflicting on decisions on how best to do things. Obviously, this would lead to the brands. Well, if, like, Flair would own one brand, would run Raw, right initially, and Bischoff, and then Bischoff, and uh, Vince smacked him, then Vince would hand that to Stephanie, and then Bischoff would come in as an on-screen guy for Raw. I think it's because Vince, because if Flair was going back to more of a in-ring Because by this point, he doesn't really know if he wants to be in-ring anymore. That's why he's an on-screen guy, because he still had that confidence issue, which is left over from the dying days of WCW, yeah. which, which was the likes of Jericho and Triple H were the ones to help, like... Yeah, I, I, I heard... Like, I didn't really know much about Jericho's participation in it, but I did hear a lot about how he really praises Triple H, because, yeah. like, Triple H seen him backstage looking kind of lost and not knowing what the day he's selling. He's like... Come with me, help me. I don't know what the story was about it, how in Kefi, but like he and Jericho had two matches, you know, two one at SummerSlam and one at Unforgiven, and Flair wins the SummerSlam match. Yeah, and like they're going over the finish, and Flair and, and, and Jericho's like, you, you know, you should you should beat me, you should make me tap out with the figure four. And like I don't know if I should do that. I mean, no, I don't. 
you won't buy that. You know, you're a young guy. Like, my man, you're Ric fucking Flair. Yeah, like, you're like, come on, fuck's sake, you're styling profiling, man. I'm sure Jericho was a case of, like, because he felt very much held down to a certain point in WCW, first he was in Cruiserweights, but when he went out of Cruiserweight, he wasn't allowed to go further than the, U- the television title, not even near the US belt. Yeah. So I think to him, it was a case of, like, now I'm finally WWF, I've been established, I've been the champion by this point, like, I have like a chance to, to wrestle a fucking legend. I get to wrestle Ric Flair, a chance I never got in WCW. Yeah. But so, a lot of people say a lot of negative things about Chris Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, he's actually a really good guy. Mm. I mean, his band's god-awful. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to say, Jericho, but your band's pish. You can't, you can't sing, you can't act. You can you can barely host a podcast. Not that I'm the person who should be judging that. Hey, we are we are fucking top tier, man. <laughs> top fucking tier. You fucking know it, man. He, and that ain't a bad thing. But he knows these stuff about wrestling. Uh, so there's that, but like he's an on-screen figure. Like it, it was between the two of them, they would set up that stuff for the undisputed title. It was a cool. It was a fun. I've not watched it, but a lot of people say it was one of the best like Christmas episodes of Raw. Is where they're having warning Christmas parties. <laughs> they're both mostly Christmas like for and you got Flair's one where he's dancing around doing like, hey everybody having a good time. You got TJ dressed as Santa looking all happy because Tori Wilson's sitting on his lap and everything. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure a lot of wrestlers would have been happy about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, so then the storyline's like it's really Flair's basically sick of Vince undermining everything like I found this contract. Vince McMahon, owner slash wrestler. wrestler. You're gonna have a match at the Royal, and who's got the balls to step up to Vince McMahon? I love when they allowed, add the fucking explosion sound effect to a punch, and they do it. They show it for two different The Nightmare, Rick Flair. You know, Rick Flair hadn't wrestled since the final episode of Nitro. About that this point. at least two years. No, no, the final episode of Nitro was in March of two thousand one. This is all two, so ten months. Oh, ten months. Hadn't wrestled in almost a year. In almost a year, ten months. Where he lost his thing, and even then, because he had these COVID issues, he wrestled in that t shirt. Yeah, I remember. Like, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. There's a guy on YouTube I'm watching just now, and he's doing like the last episode of this, the last pay per view. Yeah. He's a specky guy. <laughs> That's all I can mind, you know? But he, he's doing a whole series, like, or he was doing a whole series about like, the dying days yeah. of WCW. In the last couple of videos they did, he done. The very last WCW pay-per-view, which mm-hmm. was... Uh, greed? Greed. Oh, that was it, Greed. Because right, like, they done Sin in January, then they do this, because I think the plan was to do a series of pay-per-views named after the different Sins, but they never yeah, got that far. Yeah, they never got that far. But he he done Greed, and he said, like, actually the pay-per-view, in part, was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, you know? I actually did see that because I I watched another different review of who reviewed the final the 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 last three reviews, which I think would have been greed. Well, it would have been sin greed with March, and the one in the middle might have been a Super Brawl, maybe or Super Brawl Revenge, some sort yeah. of Super Brawl. And apparently, it was like even though like booking wise, a lot of the time it's still very commonly you no know, Vince Russo not involved. Everything I, we actually watched them some good stuff to be found wrestling wise. Well, a lot of the time we were talking about the cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah. The well, cruiserweights. the cruiserweights were the only thing keeping WCW afloat at the time. Because yeah. people were invested in that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But we were talking, like, he's, he was doing that and he was talking about the fuck ups in the final months of yeah. like, Nitro, like, like, the glaringly fucked up spot where, uh, like, Nash was supposed to get a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And he's standing <laughs> in the middle of the ring. 
Yeah, I remember that. And the blood spots like two feet away from him and he just kind of turns it like... I remember I think it was really? the February pay-per-view where Nash is meant to play up that, oh, I'm hurt, or he's going to wrestle Scott Harris, so you don't know if he's going to wrestle that. And he's got the big cast, his legs are going to wheelchair. He takes the the, uh, the blankets off him, blanket that's on his lap, well, turns out it's a fake cast, his legs are fine, his legs are sitting normally like, aha, I'm not injured. <laughs> yeah. And so basically on that final Nitro, they fucking abandon all storylines, basically. Aye. In case of like, let's just do a bunch of championship matches and then just end up with Flair and Stein, you know? Yeah. But it's crazy, you know? So, and then you got clips of Vince dressed in Flair's robe and everything, hitting him with a pipe. And then the line, I'll say it word for word. Vince, in the black and white, doing a sit-down interview saying, I enjoy destroying lives. It turns me on... Especially a legend like Ric Flair. Uh, I feel unclean. But no, uh, especially a legend like Ric Flair, but I enjoy destroying lives. Mm. It turns me on. Uh, You creepy, dirty, sleazy, old, steroid-induced, smelly, dirty, money-grubbing bastard. No one makes it worse. Why is a bastard? No one makes it worse. They repeat it. At the end of the promo. They repeat it three times. Three fucking times. I thought they were just... I hoped, they, I hoped and prayed they said... I, I hoped and prayed they were just going to repeat the... I hope I enjoyed Destroyer Lives. No, they, they replay the whole thing. And legit, they do the I enjoy Destroyer Lives. I'll tell the Gleaney's face the first time they played it. I'm like, please don't make this a sexual thing. Please, for contact nowadays, don't make this a sexual thing. It turns me on. Oh, no, you did it. You went there. Uh, you, went, you went there, you dirty, dirty bastard. No, you've done it. You fucked it. You've done it. Don't say it fucked it. Oh no. no, no, oh, no. no. Oh, God. I didn't think about that. You're the one who brought that up. I didn't think anyone else was going to think that. No, no, oh. don't do that. See, it's, it's in the ether now. Oh. I'm going to have to take a shower when I get home after all this. Well, I'm clean. You'll be, like, be like fucking Monica at the end of that episode of Friends. Oh, I was, I was watching one of my favourite episodes of Friends today and I'm trying to turn the conversation in a more po- pleasant mindset here. Uh-huh. Wait, apart from the old dirty pervert. But, you know, have, do you, have you occasion to watch Friends? Not recently, no. But you you but know what you know episode... It's one where, of those shows I, I go on a bit of a spree of watching every yeah. few years. Well, you know that episode where they are having the contest to see which what which two know the other two better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they bet the apartment? Yeah. Monica, when they lose, <laughs> a lot... Always makes me near wet myself. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then she's like, "I'm gonna fix this." What happened? I lost our mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with apples. Stop, Stop that now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Flair versus Vince <laughs> as a match. Very easy match. Hi, wrestling legend versus a fucking sexual pervert. I mean, Flair said his own issues, but he didn't pay anybody off. Ah, come on, he flashed his bobby at a stewardess. It's hardly fucking on McMahon level, is it? So that level of grey we don't want to get into, is it? I suppose no, but I just don't like Vince. He's a dirty old bastard. Yeah, I don't like I'm I'm the biggest Flair fan at the minute, given he's, he's like, oh, I passed out a few times in that match. I really would like to have another one. No! You shouldn't have had that one. You shouldn't have had the one you had. You should have fucking stopped having matches when Sean beat you, you cunt. Aye. That's why I say, all this time match will be better than that send-off at May 24. Fuck off. No, it won't. You're fucking nearly 80, you smelly old douche. 
fucking drapping people's fucking business and all that. I mean, I'm sure Bode Allison lived and he went like personal business mentioned, but yeah. he mentioned that. He had that silly carry on with fucking Becky Lynch where he was like, fighting about the fucking... The man. The man carry on like, fuck you, Becky could fucking honnel you with a horn tie behind her back. You know what I mean? Fucking daft old shite. At this point, he was a fucking... He was the man. Mm-hmm. But now, he's just an old man. Mm-hmm. An old, dirty, senile bastard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to figure out his daughter's got a better move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, I need a figure four. Yes. And then the figure eight, because it was called the figure eight, because it's supposedly twice as good. That's, that's why it's called the figure eight. Twice. That's how it was. Eight instead of four. Mess. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's a lot very slow to start off with. There's a lot of shoving. <laughs> lots and lots of shoving. Uh, Flair does starts doing his chops. You're a prick. No, you're a prick. No, you're a prick. And then uh, Vince just rakes at the eyes of uh, of Flair and then <laughs> nefarious but classic heel tactics. But, but they even say on commentary that's kind of something that Flair would have done. You know, dirtiest play in the game and all that. No and you know, when Vince starts taking the advantage, beating on Flair. Flair does the flare flop very early on, unwarranted though, like, it's only Vince, come on, he's not barely done anything yet. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> he okay. does these big, like, flop over the top, Robbie, you guys ripped him, did the big flip over the, oh. I don't know what this was, it was a big do not use or something sign on the side of the internet, he grabbed it and just twatted him in the head with it. <laughs> uh, he starts using trash can lids, he but Flair bleeds, like, there's three guarantees, death, taxes, Ric Flair will bleed. Aye. Aye. Ric Flair needs to bleed in a match like most people need water or oxygen. Aye, he, if, he'll pass out if he doesn't bleed. Aye. Most, it, most, people, most people will pass out if they bleed too much. Flair doesn't bleed enough or bleed at all, he'll pass out. No, no, you see, because see when Flair bleeds, uh-huh. it's, re- it's reabsorbed into his bloodstream through his hair. <laughs> okay. Because don't you notice that when Flair bled, bled in a match... Mm-hmm. He would end up crimson in the face, but his occasionally yellow, mostly white hair ended up crimson too. Hmm. Yes. You know, it would just suck back into the body again. He was always fine. He was never actually bleeding. Hmm. He was just a big wrestling sponge. Yeah, he's getting beaten up by my man outside. Uh, he's trying to work over the lights so he can set fire up to do his own version of the figure four. He grabs, the, his daughter's got this massive camera. I'm sure she would set salt, but she brings that to all events. Not, totally. not, not, definitely not a pro. The flare starts to grab off and like, hey, let's take a picture right in front of your family. Then. But then he, he stares at <coughs> I don't see any flashes. And then there's a point where he goes to hand it back and he turns the camera around. It's clearly a blank screen. You're not doing, he's not taking any photos. Yeah. Vince McMahon does not know how technology works. No. Not even a simple camera. Uh... It does, it does lock in the figure four, but Flair does reverse it by doing the thing where you flow over to... Well, you mean that thing that seems to take a lot more effort than it should? Yes. You know, turning over. Mm-hmm. But, and then this is when Vince gets around that pipe, as shown in the video package, where it's a low blow. Well, this is justified because Vince has been a dick all match. And yeah, I The feud's there. And, uh, and then Vince is the one to get by still because Vince also loved to bleed as well. I think it's that comes after Flair's use of the TV monitor. Flair 
twats him with the TV monitor and mm. then he picks up the other one and has a gander at it and you know that was the only one that was working yeah. I think they were laying it aside just so you can see like the food yeah, it's and... basically like the playback you usually yeah. get in a match yeah, you get it on much. the tiny monitor so you see what the commentators often see so I'm missing a bit when the Spanish commentary table because like was it... bloody Hugo Savinovich and, and Charles Cabrera aye Charles Cabrera only who worked in Derry only up until last year yeah how long did Hugo work from I don't know Hugo left a few years ago but actually within a week of leaving he was in AAA or whatever doing spa- doing commentary Spanish commentary with fucking Hugo yeah. Getting back together. I love all of love Carl and Hugo. Never could understand the word they were saying, but I love the energy. I just loved them, I mm-hmm. Always their bloody table. Aye. I think even at this point where they're brawling, you hear King going, Hey no, I think I don't know if it's this match or the next one, like, hey no no, Spanish Spanish announce tables over there. <laughs> we could do a retrospective episode on the Spanish announce table. <laughs> I think it's when it was a match at like I think it's SummerSlam ninety eight where like Taker dies off the top to uh, they would say on a Austin on the t- and you see fucking Hugo Savinovich slowly fall up, toppling over in his chair. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, let's get all my stink of the day in it. That's <laughs> nasty. I gotta sit in here doing the rest of the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, and then they do. I like, should stop doing my commentating when Vince is doing his shenanigans. <laughs> but so. Then they go over back around to where Flair's kids are, and this time they get the camera working and they start taking photos of Vince getting all bloody and the everything. The camera works when Vince is getting a dude, aye, aye, aye. it works then. And then fucking JR's getting it like, well, King's like, oh, that's just, that's just terrible. You know, it's, all, it's okay when Vince McMahon was doing it in front of Flair's family, but when Flair's doing it, yeah. you know, and he's like, it is a DQ, it is a non DQ match. Yeah, and Flair gets him back in. Figure four, Flair went Vince's tap and like, nah, get me. Well, you're you're forgetting something that I find is quite an amusing spot in the match actually. When when uh, Flair gets the lead pipe, yes, and he cunts Vince in the dome with it. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that's seen that thing? I mean, it had to be stiff rubber or something. Yeah, because it it wobbles when he. Twat is Vince in the dome with it. Mm-hmm. You know, lead doesn't wobble like that. <laughs> no, no, Just doesn't. saying. Yeah. It was a stiff whack in the dome he took with a hard rubber bat or something, but it wasn't a, mm-hmm. a lead pipe. Oh. Just saying. I know, I, know, I get what you're saying. But then after that, he's locked in the figure four, just shy of 15 minutes. This goes, Flair gets the win. You know, this feel good win for Flair. I think they're in, yeah. in, in a WCW hotbed and everything. Did was this the longest match of the pay per view aside from the Rumble? No, no, this will be the next match. Oh, I think you'll you'll have to take the lead on a lot of this one. Let's like say I, I remembered it, but yeah. you know, I skipped it for a time. Yeah, but uh, let me go backstage. We got Stephanie. Um, she hijacks Nick Patrick's interview. Yeah, she hijacks because fucking Michael Cole's got hold of Nick Patrick. And have you had a chance to watch back when the Ferris Whale of William Regal won that Intercontinental title match? I don't know where Patrick was going for it because he's going like, well, and then oh, well, Nick Patrick's a cunt. And then Nick, and then Devin Ajax is like, you know, what happened there is nothing compared to what well, the being of my father took in that match, nothing compared to the being my husband, Triple H. He's going to give the 29 other wrestler, he's better than the Undertaker, he's better than this guy, he's even better than Stone Cold Steel. I hope it doesn't bring Deborah there because I could handle Deborah and then also thinks up behind her. What? What are you gonna I do? Know, I what? Know. You know, if I fight Deborah? What? What? 
Yes, I know. He says what, what? to her a lot and he makes her upset and she runs away. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate this. And we're going to have to go through this for a long time when fucking Smackdown be like, the worst chance. Even Austin regrets doing this because this was a product of a brief run in the Alliance towards the end of his year run of paranoid Austin. Because like, like, what? What? And it in people going, what? And uh, the crowd took to it just inter- after every sentence going, what? And then he's now he's a face and he's using that. The fans are hyped. Even after Austin leaves and stops saying it and doesn't say it when he comes back, the crowd will just, to this day, they still do it. Please stop doing it. I know. Because I know. there are certain wrestlers who don't know, who are uncomfortable <laughs> with their promos and they get thrown off easily by. Although sometimes I like when people. Fuck, uh, fuck with, fuck with the fans for saying what, like Alexa Bliss. <laughs> the one time he goes, Alexa Bliss is the greatest. Say what, what? That's what I thought. Or like, or like Undertaker went, say what if you sleep with your sister? What? Like ah, you dirty bastards. And then he goes, Austin's well, gonna win the Royal Rumble. Man's what? I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble. What? What part of that do you understand? What? I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> And that's the bottom line. And then I, we have... But, but he did know. But then we have the WWF Undisputed Championship of Chris Jericho, the first ever Undisputed Champion, taking on The Rock. Wow. Kill surprise. Yeah. And we have the promo package, obviously, of showing Jericho winning, like, I am the Undisputed, the greatest, the best, I'm the rockstar. I'll, I'll be honest, I got about three minutes into this promo package and I skipped to the rumble. Mm. I could not be asked Because, you know, I knew how it was going to go. Like I say, I have not watched this match in a wee while, but I didn't need to watch it. Can I make a formal request that you please stop skipping things? Because if, if I have to watch them, you have to as well. Okay, With the exception I- of Raw every so often when Smackdown. I you have if you have to watch things you have to watch things. Okay, I but I watch the important ones. Anyway, uh, you got and the Rock has run down your the Rock is gonna give you a special gift his boot up your ass if you no no this is not a joke I am not a joke you will show me respect you son of a bitch. Rock just walks right up to him. Oh, the Rock is taking you very seriously. Mm. Your days of champion. Or never. TikTok. TikTok. It's right up in his face. Uh, I, I like the wee graphic they had for this. Like the weird. The day of belt. Big gold belt. Undisputed champion. Mm. I did like that. Yeah. I'll admit. And then. <coughs> sometimes this is a good thing when it's a face. Maybe. Uh, like where he gets a heel that's been battled up well. Or sometimes. As the case of Jericho. It's a case of a champion that's not been booked to be enough of a threat. It's one of those rare times we know the champion, you know, world champion going to the title events is the underdog. Yeah, because you haven't booked him to be a threat. Jericho no. even himself said loves the moment of winning the title, does not have fond memories of his run as undisputed champion. No, because Vince didn't like him. Right. Vince joked about him winning the title in the in catering at Vengeance so Jericho could overhear, and that's how Jericho knew for sure he was winning the titles. Hmm. Take hey, take her. You know the business, how you know the business is going down the tubes? We're, here, we're putting the bell on Jericho. Mm. Oh, I guess I'm winning. And like, I couldn't even have a moment with having my family there to see me win. I didn't know I was winning. Mm. <sighs> Vince was such a cunt. Uh, 
Such a dickhead. Have you heard him tell the story of his pretty sad celebration of winning the title? No, you didn't. No. I haven't heard that one, no. Well, I'll, I'll try and find the clip for you after we've recorded this. It's too long. We've talked for so long. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like... I mean, a lot of people shit on Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. I don't personally know why. I think he's just... He can be a bit of a dick in real life. Plus, yeah. his character on AEW isn't the most interesting. He can be a bit of a dick. And, you know, he's a... He's a fat old man trying to still relive past glory what he doesn't have the ability for anymore. And I mean that as a wrestler and a musician. And I say musician very loosely. You know, he sings shitily in a mostly shite metal band. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry out there if any of your listeners are... What's his band called? Fozzy. Fozzy, that's it. I'm sorry if any of the fucking listeners of our podcast out there are Fozzy fans... But come on to fuck people, there's better bands out there. They've maybe got like maybe two songs that are worth listening to. Fair enough. I'll give them one thing. Compared to Devil Driver. Who? Aye, exactly. Compared to Devil Driver, we're the best fucking band on the planet. And I'll tell you who Devil Driver are, right? And I'll be descriptive so our listeners can get the gist. You know the... Posters I have on the wall behind my bed here. Uh-huh. You see that gentleman in the poster above the nice artwork that my brother's good lady painted for me of Brian Malko? Uh-huh. That gentleman there in the in the black fuzzy coat. Uh-huh. With with the open mouth yeah, going yeah, 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 yeah. That is Des from Coal Chamber. That is the band that is above Brian Malko's Coal Chamber. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I, personally, fucking loved Cold Chamber. Went to see them when they reformed a good few years back. Awesome. Uh, They knew what they were there for. They didn't play any of their new album because their new album was shit. They played the classic shit. Play the good shit, fuck off. That's what they were there for. Now, he don't look like that. uh He looks like a fat, sweaty metal. We covered in tattoos and Leather stud bracelets and he's fat and his band are shite, utter shite. They're better than Fozzy, are better than them. Very low bar to set for Fozzy. Yeah, well, I'm very, I'm very protective of Coal Chamber and very hateful of Devil Driver. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was that was part example, part. Excuse to rant at Devil Driver. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. I, th- I thought I thought this match was slowly start over, but there was a point where the rock locks in a sharpshooter where I think it really picks up. That's when it really gets into its gear because I've read Jericho's picks book. Picks up when the rock puts a sharpshooter on. Well, not not the, for the sharpshooter itself, but what follows. The, yeah, what yeah. Follows the sharpshooter. Yeah. The locking of the sharpshooter signifies the, the match actually picking up a little bit in pace. Before that, the best highlight was like Jericho hitting two line salts oh, back yeah. to back, which was, I don't, which I don't recall him ever actually doing before. It was always on highlight when Jericho hit a line salt. Yeah, I don't recall him ever doing two so close together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Either before or after this, but yeah. he's, a, he's attempted it before. Yeah, but it's not always come off for him. Because I, I was looking forward to this because I've read Jericho's book, so he's always talked favorably whenever he got a chance to wrestle The Rock. I talk about how he always felt like he was Rock was somebody he had some of the, his best in ring chemistry with. Yeah. Uh, but when he locked his sharpshooter, that leads to a land storm coming out to try and distract the referee while Christian 
sees an L side with the WFT belt but fails to hit the rock with it. Rock sends him flying. Then Jericho tries to beat the rock with the rock bottom. Mm. Also, you'll notice that Jericho is back to using just the live shot on the walls. Jericho and is giving up his brief 2001 finisher of the breakdown, which is basically a shit version of the skull crushing finale. Fuck, I'd fucking forgotten all about that. I didn't even realise that was something he'd done. He'd done it a couple of times. Wow. He used that to beat The Rock once on pay-per-view, whether that was the highlights of using that fucking finisher. The breakdown. The breakdown. I mean, I get the title and all, but... Yeah, he'd break down, because break the walls down and all that crap. (laughs) Break the walls down and all that crap. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nick Padre comes out to chase the heels away. Really run away, away. Uh, Jericho tries to hit people's elbow, but then Rock gets up and just says, I'm flying over the top rope. They start brawling again around the Spice and Ends table. It looks like Jericho's going to brought bottom the Rock to the Spice table, the Rock carries it, and Rock bottoms him through the regular Ends table. And they're all like, oh no, like, why our table? Why us? Pick on the Spaniards, not us. Hey, they're used to it by now, with the Spice table getting broken. We have three more talent, they'll just back up, annoy them. <laughs> Uh, Rock takes ages to get Jericho back in the ring because obviously he's been through the table, he's dead weight at this point. But then it gives Jericho enough to kick out. Jericho tries to lock in the walls of Jericho, but Rock mentally counters it into a roll roll up, but yeah, it's only a two. And Ayo Herman accidentally gets knocked down. He gets like shoulder tag or something like that, but sells it like he's been run over by a fucking car. Yeah, well, Errol was always good at selling. And then Jericho uses the title belt. Uh, then when the rock comes back and try getting control, I think he does hit the people's elbow at one point. Uh, fucking, I mean, he has to at yeah. some point during the match. He has, he has fucking Jericho beat. Uh, also, Jericho did tap out during the, the sharpshooter spot, but also the referee was looking at last yeah, storm. Yeah, but yeah. he's got Jericho beat at one point. Rick Badger comes in and just decides, no, nah, I'm not going to count now. I'm just going to rub my eye. The rock looks like, you son of a... He just picks up now Patrick Rock bottoms him. <laughs> I like Nick Patrick's got a history of this. Like in WCW, he was like in '96, '97, he was the crooked NWO referee. Aye, I mind, I mind that. And then he comes over because he's a WCW referee. He's a heel. Yeah, Hartnell battered him for that. Yes. Aye. <laughs> uh, but then because one, one time he screwed Babyface Chris Jericho and led to a match on Baby or Jericho versus Nick Patrick. Can't remember what happened. But uh, he comes in as a heel WCW referee, kind of leading the leader of the WCW referees, yeah. kind of acting like a dick, purposely being cheating in favour of the Alliance guys. And so, which led to a culminated in a match between him and Earl Hebner and Invasion. I was about to ask that, yeah. And match. And then he continued his like, heel ways. I noticed that look on your face, which tells me it was not a very good match. He, he continued his heel ways as an Alliance favouring referee, and then. Here he's just being a corrupt referee just for the sake of being corrupt, I think. Aye. Because then after, cause after the brand split, he goes on to be like a main official on SmackDown for the rest of his tenure. Like, cause I remember him in that big bright blue. Yeah. I remember they'd keep the regular referee shirt for the Raw refs, but for SmackDown they'd be bright big blue shirt. Yeah, I remember that. And then he just go back to just being a regular referee, not really being a character or anything. But So The Rock takes him out, then does it, where he hits people's elbow. Hebner's still selling, so he's slowly made the count, so The Rock kind of cost himself the title in a way. Jericho then managed to grab Rock and a roll up, feet on the ropes. Jericho wins 18 minutes 50. Good, good. So, yeah, Jericho wins, retains the undisputed title. So he beat the Rock and Stone Cold the same night, and then he would beat the Rock here, beat Stone Cold that no way out, but I think the NWO get involved in that one. Yeah, they do. They, yeah. That's when they spray paint them. Mm-hmm. Which leads to that match between Stone Cold and Scott Hall. 
I mean, it has one of the best stunners that Austin would ever do. Just like, well, that that one that became a meme. Yeah, pretty much. With Scott Hall raising to the skies. Yes, and then coming back down again. Yes. You think you know me? Think you know me? Think you know me? Think you know me? 